you know, Allie, I, I want to thank you this week for allowing me to replicate the childhood experience of basically watching a Transformers movie with a 40-year-old mother who has no idea what the hell's going on. <laughs> You're very welcome. What the hell was going on? <laughs> Welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And we are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And this week, uh, we did, did a blast from my past. <laughs> the Transformers. The, the movie. movie. Uh, directed by uh, Nelson Shin and written by Ron Friedman, uh, mostly under editorial fiat from Hasbro about which characters to include and which ones to kill. Uh, so... Uh, this was, uh, this was a thing that happened in my childhood uh, that uh, was... This was a thing that happened in my 40s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was... This is one of those, uh, those, those episodes from circa 1986, uh, these movies that were, you know, pivotal, you know, crucial in, uh, in, in, uh, in my childhood response to certain things. Uh, and... It's not so much that I'm showing you this because I think it's a masterpiece of the cinema. Right. But because this movie probably affected me and more kids about my age than just about any movie that came out in the 80s. And uh, it's we, we had no idea the machinations behind it uh, to come up with it, with why at the time, you know, uh, we just knew what we saw on screen. And, you know, it's opinions of people my age are still, like, split very very evenly about whether or not this movie was the coolest damn thing that ever happened or whether or not it basically broke our childhoods into forever. Mm. Um, and well, well, we'll see. We'll see how that did for me whenever we move forward. But before we go too deep into it, yep. let's go into the elevator pitch and <laughs> take it away, Allie. Oh, you're, oh, I see. Hello, bus. I'm just going to get right on yeah, under I think that. I started last week. You might have. You might have actually. Okay. All right. Um, Okay, I, I don't even know where to go with. Okay, let's um, let's take some toys. Okay. Let's animate them. Okay. Let's break a whole bunch of kids' hearts. Yeah, sounds fun so far. Uh huh. And let's call it a kids' movie. Awesome, sounds real good. <laughs> All right, uh, let's let me try and pitch it to you. Oh wait, and I I I must insist. Really shitty, crappy 80s metal music. Oh, I'm there. I am there. Uh, I, I'm sold. Are I'm you? sold. sold. You, you had me at butt rock. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Ready for my pitch? I am so ready. All right. So none of us here exactly, despite making be, making the world's most popular line of lines of toys, none of us in this room actually know why kids buy toys, right? We have no idea. Let's just go ahead and assume it's be, that they only buy toys whenever, you know, until they have all the original ones. And sure. they would never buy any new toys if they were introduced. Sure. All right. Let's just kill those original ones off right now via, via a movie where we introduce a whole bunch of new ones that the kids don't really know anything about. And they're going to be the real heroes. 
I think that sounds amazing. Capitalism at its best. Yes, indeed. Okay, that's... Okay, I think I may have tipped my hand. Just a little. <laughs> Just a little. Okay, so Transformers the movie was a... Uh, yeah, it was oh, a... Wa- it was a watershed moment uh, oh, in boy. the Transformers franchise because basically... You know, they they got so big so fast. And and by the way, the timeline of this movie blows my mind. Yeah. Because it seemed like I was into Transformers forever before that movie came out. But Transformers were released in 1984. Right. The first Transformers toys. So they knew they were going to make this movie pretty much right away. Because I mean, animation takes well, a while. Well, yeah, to put it together. takes a while. It, like it definitely it took a while to put it together. But and and we'll get into that later when our, in, in, when a certain character is introduced uh, and the way he's introduced yeah. and the fact that certain characters aren't in this movie at all that were established Transformers characters. Uh, but um, yeah, there's a lot of Transformers that are like in between the first year of Transformers. Year and a half, two years, actually two years, I guess. The Dinobots weren't originals, nor the Constructicons and Insecticons. But there's like, there's like a bunch of original Transformers, a handful of newer Transformers, and then there's like a year and a half of Transformers that aren't in this at all because they weren't around, I guess, when the movie started being made. But the point is, from 1984, this movie came out in 86. It was only two years between the time I got my first Transformers toy and the time I saw this movie. It's amazing. Which. But, like, Transformers so dominated my life from, like, 1984 to 86 that it feels like it was a much longer time and much more seminal. I spent what I call the high 80s on this podcast a lot. What I spent you call the high 80s? The high 80s. I call it the high 80s. We, y'all, if y'all want to go back to the episode where I first said it and she made fun of me for, like, five minutes for saying that, y'all can. <laughs> it's on record. Y'all, y'all know. <laughs> y'all can. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> But, you know, like the high 80s, that period from around like 84 to 86 or 87, which is like what we think of as like when we really think of the 80s, that's what we're thinking of. Like that's like where there's no 70s influence left, where, you know, the new wave has gone so mainstream that that's just what pop music is. You know, like like, but I spent that time like basically when I wasn't thinking about G.I. Joe. I was thinking about Transformers, mm-hmm. you know, because Star Wars had kind of run its course by that point. There, we, you know, Darth Vader was dead. There was never going to be new Star Wars movies, or if there were, it's going to take a long time for Lucas to finally make those masterpieces that he was going to make coming up. So we right. had, you know, we knew, we knew. Who knows when the new Star Wars is coming out? Uh, we just had those Ewok movies that weren't very good, uh, you know, like the TV movies. So like Star Wars was kind of out. Like my life was GI Joe and Transformers, you know, and. Yeah. So this little window of only two years, like they went from this, let's bring this weird, like you know, we, we just watched the toys that made us, so you already know this, but like, you know, let's bring like all, like a couple of different Japanese toy brands and a few extra bits. Let's just slam them into the American market and come up with a new story for them, et cetera, et cetera. They went from that to a major motion picture, you know, release in two years and then that is pretty much the first cresting wave of transformers Mm -hmm. and they didn't really come back again until the 90s in a very different form that i was not a part of because i was i had far outgrown the transformers and like i hadn't developed nostalgia enough to care about like something like beast wars you know i I remember seeing an episode of that flipping through the tv and going this is a weird thing that is not for me (laughs) i am too old for this so two thoughts on this so first of all um, when you say that you know you, your first Transformer was in '84, and then this movie comes out in '86, and we did sort just sort of explain that a- animation doesn't. It, they obviously knew they were right. going to do this pretty quickly because they, they also had the TV show. They were yeah, the TV, well. Show, yeah. Well, wait, the TV show. Yeah, and the TV show. Let me let me just finish my point, and then you'll come back to the TV yeah. show in a second. So, but my point is that you know 
the thing about when you're that age, so let's you're ten at eighty six. So yeah, you're I was eight 10. Yeah. when these first yeah. came out that you got your first Transformer. Yeah. I had just so, turned I think I was just before I turned eight. I think I was like seven when they came out. Right. Yeah. So but my point is that our age from that point, I remember being seven and eight and cannot like just waiting for the day that I became 10 because that was double digits. And I think that was the year that I was allowed to go skiing. Like I had to be 10, right. but it was like just oh, waiting. Oh, you went skiing. Oh, you went to the rich kids camp, huh? <laughs> I was on the meatball side. <laughs> no, this was, this was snow skiing. I, either one. Okay. Either one. I, I love that you think snow skiing is actually somehow like po- a poorer person's no, sport than I water skiing, which rednecks you. do in the South. I to, well, I know, but you guys use like, I don't know, boards of like, you know, cardboard boxes and stuff. What do you think? <laughs> just I, kidding. I grew up in Charleston. I'm just kidding. We had plumbing, honey. <laughs> you believe. So my other point is this. Um, so, so I think that, that that's true. I actually think it's true. Your perception of it for those couple of years is that it was way longer. Because oh, well, yeah, time, and time contracts time, when you get older. Yeah, I know, it's but like, I, I, if you like, I, it is one of those things where it looms so large in my life. And and there's a lot of personal things in my life that went down between my, the ages of eight and ten that are like kind of crazy. It. Yeah, you know. So I definitely like, I definitely threw myself into like worlds of like fantasy and the imagination oh, outside. Yeah. But but like, oh. oh. Don't you worry. Your your years from eighteen will be great, Jordan. But um, but like the thing is about it, I was gonna say is in that time, Transformers like it went from like like it went instantaneously like into this juggernaut yeah. of like kids entertainment. You know, there was a very successful Marvel comic which I read quite a bit of, and I was very into as a kid. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really hold up as well as the GI Joe comics do. Um, I think I've been on record as a huge fan of Larry Hama's uh, Joe run, but uh, the Bob Budiansky's Transformers are, they're okay. They're not, they're not bad, you know, and he did create most of the mythology for them, mm-hmm. you know, that ends up using going to the cartoon show. In hindsight, much like the G.I. Joe cartoon show is hangs up holds up a lot better than, you know, the G.I. Joe comic holds up better, the Joe cartoon show also holds up better because it's batshit without being as, as stupid. It's stupid is entertaining. Transformers cartoons of that era, like this movie is definitely not a huge departure style-wise other than the darkness of it uh-huh. from the train. Like, imagine less dark versions of this movie, but with that same sort of style of, like... And the animation in this movie, by the way, is roughly six times better. Yeah. Because the budget for this movie was roughly six times the amount that it would have taken to make 90 minutes of the animated series. Right. So, I mean, some of it obviously went to voice actors, you know, because they had some actual, like, low-level celebrities. I mean, I, I'm calling Orson Welles a low-level celebrity, which is kind of a weird dig on the guy that made Citizen Kane. But in the 80s, he was basically the sell-no-wine-before-it's-time guy. Yeah. You know, like, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't Orson Welles, the, you know, provocative, brilliant filmmaker anymore. He was Orson Welles, the game show raconteur mm-hmm. by that point, you know. So, like, and he was also very much dying. Yeah. Like, he was very very ill whenever he made this movie uh he um in fact i I think now's probably the time to say like like i don't think it was i think another movie that he was in came out technically after this movie but much like the beatles abbey road let it be situation this was the last movie he worked on because he died five days after his recording session oh my god yeah he He really uh, was yeah he was was, what's her buckets from um uh uh, the log lady oh yeah from twin Twin yes uh uh, Catherine Coulson. Thank you, Catherine Coulson. But um, I just want to say this because this is this this quote always kills me. Uh, when when uh, when Orson Buddy, I know when Orson Welles uh, came Jordan up, is Jordan is uh, guesting on the podcast baby, yeah. again. I 
This is this is one of those that's bugging me because I literally have like ha- found it on the Wikipedia page to tell it, and now I can't. Now I of course can't find it. Um, uh, while you're looking for that, just so uh, and this will come up later, but I might as well bring it up now while you're looking. Is that, oh, here it is. I um, uh, Orson Welles um, plays Unicron. 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 Cron, which for the very first half of the movie I thought was Unicrom. Yeah, I, you know what? For years I did too. Okay. Uh, you know, but this is this is this is the quote that Orson Welles told his biographer. Yes. Um, you know what I did this morning? I played the voice of a toy. I play a planet. I menace somebody called something or other. Then I'm destroyed. My plan to destroy whoever it is thwarted. I tear myself apart on the screen. That is that is uh, Orson Welles summing up this this obvious day job that he. And by the way, if you look at the amount of time, he 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 probably only did one session of recording. Yeah, I guess yeah, that like makes it, sense. Like, like one he's day. Like, like there's not there's yeah. not a Unicron does not have a ton of lines. No. And he's by the more way, looming let's t- by the way, let's talk about. I think this may be a movie where a lot of animation might have. Uh, there might be a lot more ADR in this movie than in a lot of other movies of mm-hmm. the time because if you look, a lot of their mouths aren't moving. Yeah, there's a when lot of talking. So this, like, you know, so this may have this may have been a case uh, where you know, like, like unlike a lot of animated movies where the voices are laid down early, they may have they may have been mostly done with this movie before they really did a lot of the dialogue because. A lot of the Transformers, a lot of them, their mouths don't move in this uh, when they're talking. Like a, a Unicron, basically, if you look, his face never makes it. it like it, you never see his mouth move. There's, you know, the one, but the ones whose mouths do move are the ones, well, are the ones who are the voices from the cartoon show. Yeah, Megatron is always his his mouth sync is as good as you know. It's still not great mouth sync, but Megatron's mouth sync is pretty good. Yeah, because Frank Welker was there. <laughs> you know, Chris Lotta was there, so Star Screams. You guys have no idea. I have such a love for Frank Welker. Like, that would be if I met Frank Welker in the real world. I think I might actually die in the process. Well, Frank, yeah, you know, the, the sad thing is Frank Welker is right now probably recording a voice for something. Like, I like literally this be, exact moment. Like he is the man to me. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, he Frank Welker is basically the you know like he is the Tom Hanks of voice acting, or not even Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks isn't that prolific, but he's the guy. He's yeah. the guy you call. He's, he's so the voice. He's the voice actor that almost everyone knows who it is. You know, yeah. like he, he's voiced so many of my favorite characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so Freddy. many. You love Freddie from Scooby Doo, right? <laughs> yeah, that's he's your favorite. Was. Yeah, he's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. but um, uh, but so uh, you know, he's before we get into the movie, which we should do pretty soon here because mm-hmm. we're already like way in, but um, I, I'm gonna just. I just want to start by saying that we can go through the plot of this movie, and I, you know, but I you won't remember it. <laughs> I can go through the plot of this movie. Literally, I be don't. Honest. I don't, and I almost feel like this this movie lends itself to like here's some fucked up shit that happens here, and here's some fucked up shit well, that happens here, and there's this little minor through. That was line. the baby, not me. There's this little minor through line that we like will get to, and it's important because, but it's like you could, you could, it's like there's too much. Let me sum up. I will say this though, from from what I've gathered, I have not seen the Michael Bay movies, but from what I've gathered, this is still easier to follow than they are. And I was, and and this movie actually does have, believe it or not, if you actually follow the movie's plot, if you accept the premises of the movie, and I think part of the problem is you weren't, you weren't someone who spent the ages eight to ten. Eating, sleeping, drinking, breathing, living the idea of the Transformers mythos. Yeah. You know, like I did. Like, I walked in this movie knowing every character and right. what they knew, what they wanted. You know, like I knew all about them and had strong opinions about which ones were cool and which ones sucked. And, yeah. You know, like I was very, you know, like very vehement. You know, you're walking into this is okay, so who's that again? Like, like much of the movie you had to be reminded, okay, so who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? Right. You know, like... 
You know, like it was, it, you know, and I get it. Like, like I, I, I had to remind you of the rule of if Khan is at the end of their name, they're bad. If Bot is at the end of their name, they're good. Right. Uh, which is, which mostly, which, which works pretty much 100%, but only if they say their names. You know, so yeah. Like and then I, the colors and things yeah. like that. So that was important too. But like, I, I think there's just a lot to, um, to, t- to take yeah. down in this movie. For a 90 minute movie, it felt a hell of a lot longer. Yeah, it does and feel I very long. And I think it's because it, it does chunk it out into sections. Uh, the way I mean, that and also it is, a, it is a collection of basically rock videos. That's what it feels like. It is. No, it is. It's a giant music video when you get down to it, which as a child I didn't notice as yeah. much. But like seeing, I mean, I, it wasn't this viewing. I've seen it. I've, I've rewatched this movie like, I don't watch it that often because it's, I don't, I'm not, you know, like we'll, we'll get into it, but I probably have seen this movie like once a decade, you know, since it came out yeah. approximately. And, but it is, it is very much like like the first time I saw it, I had noticed. But like by the time I by the time I watched it, like in the nineties, like I was like, man, good god, this movie is this movie is straight up, you know, like just like a bunch of like eighties eighties like pop metal songs. And I will say something know, about this movie that that I am I am an, if you know me at all, if you've met me on Twitter, if you've talked to me on Facebook, if you've met me in real life, you know the one thing that I do not like, and I have like I'm I'm like. I'm unhumorous about it. Is that a word? Uh, it's a very unfunny word, yes. I am unhumorous about this. I do not like spoilers. I don't want a spoiler. I don't mm. want to learn spoilers. I get mad. <laughs> Which is ironic because our, our podcast even, is basically loaded with spoilers. Right, but right. There are people who are okay with this. I am not one of those people. This is why I watch the movies and then talk about it. But my point mm-hmm. is, I am actually grateful that I got the spoiler that I got uh, prior to seeing this movie because it made it actually made it more impactful because I didn't know the toys very well. Right. So had I been somebody mm-hmm. who knew the toys, like if you had told me a spoiler about, say, Star Wars or something, I probably would have beat you within an right. inch of your life. But telling me a spoiler about this movie with toys that I right. wasn't familiar with very well other than I kind of heard the names and maybe played mm-hmm. a few of them with some of the, you know, So learning house. that Leia and uh, Uncle Owen are step relatives yeah that was that was that we're, we're done now we're done yeah, no. so yeah those are those are things that like yeah I, I i was really grateful to know that so for those of you who are never played with transformers as a child it's cool that you're going to get all the spoilers for this movie because it ain't gonna it can, well, it can well, mess I, it up I, for you how could it even matter to someone who doesn't didn't care for transformers but that's or not not care yeah. but didn't didn't know them yeah. when they were and a kid and, and and a point i kind of I, I was kind of dancing around that i never got to before we move on was i i was building to was the fact that in all honesty up until fairly recently and i'm not talking michael bay there has never really been and I'm saying this is someone who was a huge fan in the, as a child. There's never really been a good Transformers product. Right. Like, the cartoon was not that great. The comic book was not that great. This movie, well, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. This movie is important to me, and it, we'll talk about it. And, like, I my emotions about it mm-hmm. are way different than my intellect about it. Understood. You know? I, I have and so it many is, of it those. is a very, yeah. like, I could not even begin to tell you, like, how emotionally affected I still get by things in this Dumbass cash yeah, in movie. I watched you. You know, like it is. It is embarrassing to an extent to like how much I care about these dumb clanky things that like act that that are all mostly voiced by people you've heard in every cartoon as a child, and are like all these broad journeyman like you know like voices and everything. Also, do you do you want to kind of do something on this one and like talk about as we open up to next like sections? 
do you want to get my first reaction to things because I, you know I don't know them like when the sure. when the first when that when when we first start um, and we see uh, what I learn later was Unicrom but did, Unicron. Cron. See, I'm gonna call him <laughs> Unicrom for a while because that's what I wrote down. But that means one Crom, one, one crom. of Conan's god. Yes. Um, I literally opened up and I and because it's probably the first thing you see, the the big, most important thing you see, and I and I. I'm like, wow, they just totally, they ripped that from the Death Star because it looks like they've created you know him as the Death Star. And you know, in a, in a way, he is a, he is definitely both the Death Star and the ripoff of something else. And there's a lot of things in this movie that like, and it's funny because a lot of the mythos of Transformers pulls straight from Marvel Comics yeah. because that, I mean, Marvel Comics writers did it, which means it also pulls very heavily from not just pure Marvel, but very heavily from the mind of Jack Kirby in in like a three steps removed way. Because right. there's a there's a, there's a handful of moments. Because Unicron is beyond just being like the Death Star. He's also essentially the uh, Marvel Comics. I wouldn't even say he's a villain. He's so powerful. He's beyond good and evil. But Galactus, hmm. which is uh, the planet devouring, uh, like he he devours planets. Which brings me to the next thing. Yeah, so which, it yeah. had to be pointed out to me that the very first, the, the establishing moment of this movie, which is to establish Unicron, as well as where we are, what we're seeing right away are all, it's a planet with a whole bunch of like walking, moving around and they have robots. these polygon headed robots. They have like, I can't, I, I was trying to think of what they, like their heads are shaped like, but it's kind of like they're shaped like really pointy binoculars kind yeah, of, or and, I can't even describe like and, they, they've got like these like, je, like, like hammerhead, but not. And, uh, and John had to point out to me, he's like, just so you know, these are not the Transformers. And I was like, oh, okay. So we're not even starting there. We're just starting yeah. on a robot. Yeah, this planet. movie, this movie introduces, I think, I don't think it was in the mythos before. I'm going to refer to it as the mythos, like a pretentious ass. Yeah. By the way, the, the, the good Transformers is the, the, specifically IDW publishing in general but specifically James Roberts run on more than meets the eye and lost light mm. that is amazingly good like way better than it should be like astonishingly good uh, storytelling in the Transformers world but this movie introduces something that kind of you see later a lot in Transformers which is they're not the only robot race like when like when, when Transformers first showed up it's like living robots weird you know, like that's 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 tough to get your head around. Sure. First of all, that like the Transformers are alive. They're robots who are alive. Yeah, they're sentient. You know, and they yeah. but they're not made by anybody. It's not like right. droids in Star Wars right. where droids are, like someone makes the droids and then they're somehow alive. Right. You know, unless I go into the weird philosophical underpinnings of basically building slaves, but <laughs> that are sentient. But um, but uh, like but the Transformers and there's a whole mythology of how they come to be. But the Transformers are they're like created robots. You know, they're they're born robots. Right. They're they're you know, and it's it, it, it like it, it like they're they've done a lot of crazy storytelling things to try and explain how that's even conceivable. Oh, that's not but important. but this is the movie that introduces that that's not as weird because the like the galaxy is full in this movie. Every oh, alien in this movie pretty much is a robot. Of some like humanity yeah. in this movie is the weird one for being organic flesh. Yes. So you know? so when we start going. Um, I, I, I think my first question was, and I asked it this way, and then he said, that's when he told me that it, they are not Transformers. I said, why, something about why do the Transformers, what, I don't remember what I asked, and then you said, well, why do they need drinks? Yeah, and you're like, like, why, yeah, because he was doing something, I can't remember, he was doing something. It like, did make sense. I was like, why yeah. does he need, because they're, yeah, they're pouring oh, like, drinks. Why do they need, it was like escalators or something. Escalators, yeah. I was like, yeah. why do they need escalators? I'm and like, then, well, they don't transform. And I was like, because they're not Transformers. They, don't, they, they can't drive there. They yeah. actually do need to like, just like anything, they got to walk there. Why not get an he's escalator? Like, well, why on? do they need drinks? And I was like, that's actually a very good point. Unless they're drinking oil or like some sort or of energon. Food. 
Energon. They're yeah. drinking Energon. I, by the way, I, I would like to point out that I did actually request that when we started this podcast that I would say, welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And he would say, and I'm Energon. But he wouldn't do it. I so. absolutely wouldn't do it. He refused. <laughs> no, I, I balked. I balked hard on he that. did. So uh, anyhow, we get Unicron, I wrote Crom, which is why this is a problem for me. Um, Unicron gets to this planet. And And, and Unicron, by the way, at this point is a giant planet with a huge hole, basically. And he's got like this weird ring around him that like, it's like, like... like the accretion ring of a thing, but it's made of metal. It's like this metal band around it, oh, whatever. Yeah, and he looks kind of like the Eye of Sauron too. Yeah, he does. So uh, all you can't of blame sudden, the movie for ripping that off, though. <laughs> it's, unless they all have a of a sudden uh, something starts happening, and they're getting sucked away into Unicron, um, and they're t- being turned into what looks like a slurry, but it yeah. actually is just kids' energy. movie, by the way. Kids' movie. Yeah, terrifying. Watching these people getting like ripped apart and pulled into this uh, terrible thing. It actually also kind of looks like if you saw um, the Last Jedi when they're flying into the what would have where they were, were going to fly into the red thing. The red thing. Where, oh, the oh the oh the, the oh the bunker buster thing, not bunker yeah. buster, whatever they call yeah. it. The, the thing that's essentially a Death Star laser, like on the ground. Yeah, 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 that thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It does look a bit like that. Yeah, but it, yeah, they all get sucked in. Like you, you actually see them. Like go to the ships. You actually see two ships fly off, and one of them gets pulled back into the gravity of it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, dip. Yeah, and they're, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty like, it's oh pretty my horrible. god. And then, and then it cuts to the Transformers! Which is basically sticks t- uh, plus Duran Duran times two. Or, in more literal terms, Lion. Yeah, Lion. <laughs> lion. Uh, you hear the, yeah, the, the Lion cover of the Transformers theme as like, as like 80s glam metal. Um, you get a lot of uh, uh, this is where uh, this is where we get the credits, right? Yeah, this is where you get the opening credits with the names and, and everything. This is where I get to see that there are some cool people in this movie, and I say cool with my nerd glasses on. With my nerd glasses. I will say that yeah, there there's some names in the like, like again, like I said, there's some. I, I was like, yeah, man, there's some medium names in this movie. Yes, there are some. <laughs> there are no big names in this movie, but yeah, this movie this movie um, is really a vehicle for Judd Nelson to show his chops, you know. And I'm kind of sad because. He's not. He's not doing the voice of uh, like I would say. If you're gonna have Judd Nelson do a voice, you want to have him do uh, Springer because yeah. he's more of the John Bender character. Yeah. You know, but he's doing the voice. But Judd Nelson's doing the voice of Hot Rod, the our the Prince Hal of this movie, which yes. this movie sadly does not have a Falstaff, which I think is a major discredit to it. But he is the Prince Hal of this movie. Yes. You know, Hot Rod is the he's the young, hot-headed, talented but irresponsible character. He's introduced, actually, right off the bat, after these credits, fishing. Well, because not right away, but, yeah, like, that's the first fish. time you see him. But, yeah. but no, well, he's having fun with Danny. I know. You know, but Danny's not introduced yet, so I was wrong, because, but, you know, but, uh, but yeah, and we also have uh, the voice of Galvatron is Leonard Nimoy. Yes. Uh, and we'll learn who Galvatron is later, because at first you're like, the voice of who? You know, <laughs> like, even if you're a Transformers fan, if you haven't seen the toy commercials before the movie, if you watched, if you came into this movie cold, as a tra- even as a fan, you'd be like, okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, this basically... And then, wait, you didn't talk about Robert Stack yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. And, of course, Allie's favorite, Robert Stack, in, I will say this, the most perfectly Robert Stack character. Oh, yeah. He's even more Robert Stack in the comics, by the way, in the IDW comics. Yeah. He is so humorless and so official and I so love like I still I will say this I still read like Ultra Magnus, who's uh, I will say this right now. It, there's a spoiler. Ultra Magnus is not his real name. There have been multiple Ultra Magnuses. Magni. 
ultra magni, <laughs> ultra magnates. Um, but um, like, but the but the but the current ultra magnus uh, in the comics is uh, like very much like I cannot I can, I cannot hear him not in Robert Stack's voice because he's so very serious and very like he's very like rules oriented and he, he's even more of a stick in the mud right like the movie the movie version of him, he's just sort of like i'm he i'm a good soldier and i i you know i can follow like he's a guy who's good at following orders yeah he's like he's a field leader but he's not a leader leader right and you know but we'll get to that so um the next thing that i have written down so i'm sure you have way more is i have Decepticops and Decepticreeps. Yeah, uh, those are. Oh, that, that goes back to the fact this is based on a children's cartoon. So even though this 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 movie has brutal murders coming up very shortly, uh, there is a lot of uh, you know like the name calling is really dumb puns and like and and, and cheesy jokes because it right. is again this is a movie that's essentially aimed at people who are about eight to ten years old. Right. You know this is my, I'm like I'm like the sweet spot. I was eight when Transformers came out. I was like their target age. You know, like I am their sweet spot. You know, and I was young and like I mean, I admit it. I thought I thought a lot of that was kind of silly, but I also read the darker comics. <laughs> you know, you know, so I wasn't like. Which, by the way, in the comics, there were characters that did either die or at least get very badly damaged and were like out of commission for like like a full calendar year of comics. Mm-hmm. So like the, that, it didn't shock me so much that that it happened to Transformers. It shocked me that it happened in the animated Transformers world. You know, because that was like the harmless cartoon where no one ever really got hurt. You know, but this is where we'll go into, like, let's go into right now, because that happens in a bit. Basically, the movie begins with, the year is 2005. We are in the distant, distant future of 2005, which, you know, like, at the time seemed so long from happening. Like, man, we'll never get to 2005. Like, it didn't even seem crazy to me that in 2005, we'd be living in these high-tech Cybertronian-style cities on Earth, Mm -hmm. you know, that, like, that, like, cars would look like... Like Hot Rod and RC and, and Cup, you know, like they would like look like weird space age things. Although I will say as a kid, I did not like this jump at all. Mm-hmm. I wanted Transformers to look like the cars that were around me now because as a kid, I could look at a car and if it looked like one of the Transformers toys, like if it was a blue Corvette, if it was, you know, a red like Mack truck, if it was a yellow Volkswagen Beetle, any of a number of kinds of cars that were really on the road at the time... I could say, I could imagine in my head, that's really Bumblebee, or that's really, you know, like, that's really Optimus, or that's really, I can't remember who the blue Corvette was. <laughs> I can't remember what his name, which, what his name was. He was a second series guy. Uh, but he looked like a blue, like, 82 Corvette, you know, which, like, so you could, like, you could play pretend as a kid that that's really secretly Transformers, you know? Like, you could have that little moment of, like, I mean, you know, you didn't know that, you knew they weren't, but, like, you could have that imagination. So the things in this movie look like, you should see the doe eyes she's giving me right now. It's it's I've apparently charmed her, but Very like, sweet. but like you know you, you can't pretend that a Sharktacon <laughs> is real. You know like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I accepted the Dinobots as ridiculous because, as we'll get into when they show up, they're Dinobots. Uh, but um, but this was like this was a jump that I kind of bothered me just because it like suddenly went from like this is my real world getting invaded by crazy robots that could be anywhere in disguise. To okay, this is just some weird, crazy future sci-fi. Right. So in a way, it, like it immediately pulled the focus for my brain. And for years, I always wanted the stories that happened between 1985 and 2005. Yeah. I wanted that. You wanted the Clone years. Wars. I kind of did. I kind of wanted to see like 
how Ultra Magnus suddenly was, because Ultra Magnus was not there before, but he's Optimus' old friend. You know, like, yeah. like all these Springer and Hot Rod and RC, they're there. How did, how did, how did Spike have a kid? Yeah. Who looks I just asked, like him? Well, and I asked that question. I was like, did he have a girlfriend? And I'm like, I think maybe he did, but it's been a long time since I've seen the cartoon. I, like, I don't know how he sprang from, you know, you know his father's thigh. Or... Perhaps he was cloned because they, I'm pretty sure Spike and Spike and Danny look look almost exactly, exactly like, like a lot. Young Spike and Danny look almost exactly alike. He would be alike. his son then. He would just be a clone yeah. of himself. Yes, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like a Django Boba Fett situation. Mm, Spoilers I see what for the Clone War. <laughs> Spoilers for Attack of the Clones, which if you haven't seen now, you're never going to see if you're smart. So, do we hot rod first? Or no, do they no, have... no, 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 no. Hot the, rod we happens after. Bad, we do the bad thing. So yeah, so basically what happens is, the uh, like, the, the setup is, it's 2005, the Decepticons control the homeworld of Cybertron completely. The Autobots have bases on Cybertron's moons, and they are about to launch what is essentially their D-Day. That's the plan. They're going to take retake Cybertron. They're getting their forces marshaled, but they don't have enough energon. Yes, I know. I'll... St- I'll replace it with energy soon enough. I just wanted to make you laugh one more time. They don't have enough power, basically, is the whole idea. What they run off of, like, the whole point of the original Transformers was that they came to Earth originally because their planet was running out of resources and they were looking for they were looking for places that had energy that they could use. Oh, like they live. Kind of like that, except not capitalistic. They were just, like, they actually crash-landed on Earth. Uh, it was not the, I don't think it was the original, uh, you know, thing. Like, the whole, the original thing of the Transformers is they're trapped on Earth. Mm. And they're not in contact with Cybertron, but they gradually rediscover the contact and everything like that. But they, you know, they're using Earth to get the energy to build a way to get back home originally. But now they're going back to Earth to get enough energy to mount this assault. Okay. But, and, and so Optimus sends Ironhide, his best friend from the, com- the comic, and the first full-size Transformer toy I owned, uh, along with a contingent of his most loyal, um, you know, old-school Transformers, uh, ones that were definitely on there were Braun, Ratchet. Braun is a, a, a green Jeep who's the strongest of the Transformers. And Ratchet, their, their, their doctor. Prowl, who's their head of security who turns into a cop car. And he's a total cop. He sucks. <laughs> Prowl's, a, Prowl's a character I've never been a huge fan of. Um, even before I was super anti-cop like I am now, I was never a huge fan of Prowl. I found him boring as a kid. But this ship full of uh, these Autobots is going back to Earth to get, get supplies. And, but Laserbeak, Megatron's spy, finds out. You know, they spied upon. You guys, I watched this movie. Laserbeak was the bird. I know, I know, Laserbeak. I, I get it. But He's I, a beak that has lasers. I, I watched this movie and I took notes on this movie. And if you're like me <laughs> and you're listening to this, I'll be surprised if you're still with us. Yeah, I will tell you this. I know for a fact there are several listeners who are a little more like me on this subject. I'm sure that's true. And I'm saying this is this is really in your wheelhouse. Right. And this is me going. But they've also already seen this movie, so they're not really like, watching this is me going, Right. Exodus. This is me going, okay, the bird thing. The, the evil bird came, listened yeah. to their story. Yeah, and the evil bird spies And went them back and told the bad Megatron. guys. And the bad guys then tried to ambush And at this point, them. you did not actually understand that the bird was evil, so that confused you. That too. was very confusing. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, I had to explain. Like, no, no, no. They, he spied on them for Oh, Megatron. I can't tell you how many times we paused this movie for me to be like now what's going on <laughs> no wait who is and that? it's so funny because it 100 is a matter of knowing the context of characters well, that's which my this point. movie does not give you no. if you're not a fan right it's not made for people who aren't fans of the of it at, at all 
because like yeah like i like this, this the plot is actually very easy to understand if you know what the characters what's going are on. Well, and if, who, yeah. so if i were your mother back in the 80s and i were taking my child to go see this and i didn't know anything about because let's be honest how many moms in the 80s actually paid attention to what was going on now moms are way more involved and i don't think they're the involved characters. in that way but they know the characters of like all whatever the kids are into these days like paw patrol or whatever it is i don't know because i don't have kids who are into that but my point is like they know all the thomas but you the know I do, know all, I do know all the polygons and colors. But uh, but but my point is that moms know now in a way that they didn't know back then, and they didn't care. They would be like, they'd take their kid to the toy whatever. store. They Yeah, whatever. I'm yeah. saying they'd be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, they'd be like, whatever. I mean, they would be sitting there not paying attention. Well, this was or my... they may be in the parking lot. Well, this is my <laughs> point. I, I, have, I have a little thing. So my brother was very into the WWF, you know, the wrestling, because that was very big in the 80s. And we, my parents would get him tickets to go see, you know, whatever was showing at, you know, Rosemont or whatever was playing around here. And we would go. And I, I am, I shit you not. I shit you 100% not. I'm so glad you're not shitting me. They would go to these events. Both of them would bring a hardcover book and they would read. <laughs> and that is how I feel like I would have had to you have know, taken this. To <laughs> I don't know why, because neither of your parents are that kind, that level of Jewish. But I just had this idea of your, of your. Uh, weirdly enough, it was your father who has like never been religious, like or at least hasn't been religious for as long as you've known him. I just had a picture of your father reading Torah, like <laughs> like, like, it's like you know, like and the, yeah, yeah, like with like with like and like and like with like a reading wand to like make sure he's on the right line. <laughs> And it's the funniest idea I've ever seen. Because, like, your father's Jewish, but he doesn't look like a rabbi. Oh no, he just looks like a guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, oh he's just God. a guy. And, like, the, but, like, the idea of this guy, like, in, like, the like the, the kippah and the, the kippah. Yeah. How's it pronounced? I always get that one wrong. Kippah? Kippah. That's because there, there, there's there's, an, there's another word, K-E-P-I, which I think is pronounced kepi, which is the name of the hats from the Civil War. Yeah. So every time I hear it, I'm like, which one am I saying? <laughs> you know, kippah. like, kippah. I should have said yarmulke. It's you easier. should have. It would have been easier. Yarmulke. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know what? You could pronounce the Yiddish words, but I actually probably know as many as you do. Thanks, Mad Magazine. I just can't say them out loud. Um, but um, but like I just I'm picturing him. You know, and I it's mean, killing. I'm telling it's you that it's like me. we're watching like when Hulk Hogan and Roddy Roddy Piper are like in the steel cage and they're fighting. I think we all know where my allegiances lie on this, and I was right to do so. Okay, but wait. <laughs> We're at this event, and I'm there too. And I, I'm, I shit you not. Everybody in the entire stadium is standing up and cheering, and my parents are sitting. Your dad's reading down. a Lynn Dayton Re- spy novel Literally, or something. They're sitting there. <laughs> I reading. assume it was a Lynn Dayton spy novel because that's the most dad book of the I '80s so I can think of. Except maybe Tom I had Clancy. had a camera and would have been smart enough to shoot this picture because it would have been goddamn brilliant. And this dad's like reading event. Red Storm Rising. Honestly, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not kidding. My mom's reading like Danielle Steele or something. I don't know, it was insane. Oh my god. It, this this was true. So um, yeah. So I had this moment where I was thinking to myself that like obviously it's a movie theater it's a little different you can't you can't yeah. see as well but th- this this image of like I don't know what the hell is where's my book like, yeah, like, <laughs> like oh yeah definitely that feeling so anyway the, but anyway the Decepticons have found out about it and so they're gonna ambush them and this is one of those like honestly as a kid it was so emotionally scarring at the time that it took me probably a, like a good month or two of of processing to go from just stunned and depressed to actually kind of annoyed because mm. it's like oh come on these are the same guys they've been fighting forever and now suddenly Megatron and Starscream 
alone with with barely any backup from the Insecticons and the construct. Oh, actually, it was just the Constructicons. That is exactly what they I said. Cut through, through them, them so fast, like a hot knife through butter. They murder like like within two within like literally within twenty seconds. Brawn, Prowl, and Ratchet are dead, and, I and Ironhide is severely wounded. And by the way, and this is where I have to. This is the moment. This is the first one. Like Optimus is the one that everyone talks about. But the heartbreaking moment for me, really, because Ironhide was my very first Transformer toy. Mm. And he was one of my favorites. I love that he was this crotchety old man. And they replaced him in this movie with a different crotchety old man. Yes, they did. But, you know, and Ironhide, by the way, also voiced um, by um, Peter Cullen. Mm-hmm. They were the two Peter Cullen voices. Uh, Ironhide, you know, like, after, like, basically, they, they're like, now we've, we've killed all these Autobots. Now we're going to take their ship. And basically Trojan horse their way through, kind of pulling the Return of the Jedi trick with the stolen shuttle. Yeah. And they're going to fly past the Autobots' defenses and 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 ambush them and destroy them. You know, once and for all, win the win this bloody horrible war over. Well, not bloody. I guess there's no blood. This oily horrible war <laughs> for uh for you know for right. Cybertronian society. Um, and you see Ironhide grabs his leg and he's like, no, you know, whatever, uh, you know, like 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 this feeble dying old Transformer. You know, grabbing Megatron's leg, and then Megatron just looks down and says, "You know, such heroic nonsense," and headshots him like a gangster. Yeah, like, like I mean, they don't actually show it; they just show the thing going off from like Guys, a point of view. Kids I, movie, kids movie, like just blows Ironhide's head clean off, essentially you know, at point blank range. It is, and as a child, that was a moment that like I went, "What?" I mean, it was already like I can't like you watch Prowl turn gray and smoke come out of his mouth, you know, when he gets shot. It's, but that and they brutal. killed a doctor, Ratchet, who almost never. I was fought, mad about that. Who almost never fought. He was I normally wrote, back at the base. I literally wrote, "Uh, they killed the doctor." Like, come on. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, the Decepticons are are straight up evil, especially in the especially in the original continuity. There's not a lot of there's no the Decepticons don't have any motive other than cruelty in the in the early days of Transformers. <laughs> Oh, I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at our kid. Our kid is, our kid is flirting it. with her. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, like like later on in like in the vastly superior IDW universe, we learned that the Decepticons actually like started out as like political having political reasons about not being servants to like this horrible ruling class, and it only later like it kind of did like the the you know the Bolshevik thing where ultimately like the leader became like to consolidate power had to get crueler and crueler and more. You know, more you know, and it became became less about like the original freedom and more about consolidation and power. Yeah. You know, but um, but like, but that's not in the, these movies. In these movies, the Decepticons are just jerks. Well, and, and the Autobots I, are just nice. And I, 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 this was one of those moments where I paused the the movie and I said to John, I said, now I, I'm a little confused. You told me that they had, you know, I mean, I knew there was a TV show, but I didn't know like how if the movie came out first or the TV show came out first. Like I didn't know any of this, and I was like, so, so the TV show came out first, and I'm like, and it's been in, on for a while. So now you're telling me that they've been fighting these guys for a long time, and then all of a sudden, for now literally for, millions of years, and then all of a sudden for no good, like very, very little in like intel, all from this bird that showed yeah. up. Like now they can come. A little and bird told him, and then yeah, boom. and then boom, they can kill and then they, that. Yes, yeah, suddenly absolutely it's absolutely ridiculous. It, it made it look. It made it feel like. Well, has Megatron just been pulling his punches for four that's fucking what, million that's years? That's what I was thinking. Was like, well, how? Why wouldn't you just have now, done this all right, before? F- to be fair to Megatron. 
he and the he and the original Autobots and Decepticons first release spent most of those four million years in hibernation deep under the Earth's surface after oh, their after yeah. their ship crashed. So so yes, it wasn't four straight million years of, of that, but at least twenty. Me, well, I push well, I'm just saying, glasses. but it's been at least twenty years <laughs> on Earth and back and forth yeah. since then, and no one has died. Unless, unless of course, we want to take the meta the meta gaming explanation that all the ones that aren't in the movie were killed during that time period. I mean, anything. Is I possible. mean, the movie's got enough of a trail of corpses. I okay, mean, they're killing it. We are still in like the first five minutes. Oh yeah. Of the movie, so, so anyway, we don't move on. We're I know. Well, that's, uh, the, the first five minutes are really the influential five minutes, I though. Guess I will. That's yeah. True. Right, now the we have Hot Rod is fishing. No, 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 yeah, wait. All right. So yeah, everyone's wiped out. Hot Rod is now fishing with Danny. Uh, well, first we see like Bumblebee, who was the 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 fan insert like kid the kid friendly character. And the, and the fan insert character, actually, I'm sorry, was Spike. But Spike's an adult now. It's been 20 years. Yeah. He was a, he was a teenager. Like he's like 40, you know. And he, he might have been the one that said Decepti Chops and Decepticons. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. But like basically, he mentions his like that like Danny's out like play, like he has, he has a son named Danny who's out there, you know. And then it cuts to. Danny and Hot Rod, voiced by Judd Nelson. I want to also say this before you go on. I didn't realize that Spike was actually a human at this point. Because he was in a suit. He's in a suit. And they don't explain that. They don't talk about it. Because that was it. a thing he wore in the... And they, they mention in passing, this is a, like when Danny gets his own suit. Yeah, but that's this later. Your, your dad wore. But yeah. So he's he's a human, but I don't know he's a human. I just So I'm like, how does he have a son? And what does that even mean? Oh, well, I guess they can have sons. Like in my brain, I was like, oh, yeah. is this a robot world? And... Blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden we are... This is actually Earth. Now we're down on Earth and we have Hot Rod, who's a, who's a Transformer, who's fishing. Yeah, like, he's like 20 feet to, tall. Next, next to, like to a... Danny, who's this little boy. And I'm like, is that his son? And he's like, yeah, that's Danny, his son. And I'm like, he's human. And he's like, oh yeah, Spike's human. Who the fuck would know this if you didn't know already? I mean, he, he had a human head, which yeah, is... you couldn't really tell. I mean... Did you think it was like a body horror thing where they built a lifelike human head? I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean... I mean, I don't know. Transformers has done some weirder things than that. I was kind of writing a lot, so maybe I missed that like exact. Mo- I mean, I looked up and saw him. He does have a mustache. I should have figured it out. He does have like, a mustache. What are you talking about? Look like I'm seeing my brain. He does see. See, Jordan's laughing at me because in my brain he has a mustache. No, 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 no. Some of the some of the robots have mustaches in this, which is kind of funny. That is but bizarre. That that's actually a long-standing Transformer tradition of them having very humanoid things that you wouldn't think they'd have. And there's a lot of Transformers with eyebrows and mustaches. And so things. all of a sudden, while they're fishing, uh, Hot Rod looks up and he sees. He sees the land. They think it's the ship coming. And then he's like, but then he zooms in. Like, you see his eye do like a little targety thing. And he's like, Decepticons! You know, and he starts shooting at them. And they're like, what the hell is Hot Rod doing from the base? And this is where we're introduced to the new guys. And let's go through the new guys real quick. Because they're actually the cast of the movie. So you kind of have to know who they are. These are the ones you're going to see. You know, you know, he... They, I think did, did they introduce Cup because he wasn't with them, I or maybe remember. he was. Like, Cup is he's a pickup truck. I, I did not learn that for years. I had no idea why they called him Cup, but he's it's because he's a pickup truck, sort of. I mean, he's a space age looking one. He's the oldest Transformer now. He's the guy who tells battle stories. You yes. know, it reminds me of the time we were on blah 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 blah, where blah we fought the blah blah dragons and blah. You know, wow, that's really boring. Yeah, he's a boring guy. He's a boring old guy. Um, and then uh, there's uh, Ultra Magnus. Optimus Prime's old friend, who you know we've just we're meeting for the very first time. That's Robert Stack. He's this red, white, and blue. He also turns into a truck. The Ultra Magnus toy, by the way, was actually a white model of Optimus Prime, painted white, with things you would add on to make him look like Ultra Magnus. Oh. Like it was like he had a little Optimus Prime inside a big uh, Ultra Magnus body, which later on in IDW continuity actually is kind of cool because you kind of learn that like, like. 
there's a little robot inside the big Ultra Magnus body, yeah. which is very fun. Um, his real name is Minimus Ambus. <laughs> like it's it's but it's it's a very funny moment. But um, he still got to stick up his ass. He's st- you know I still read him I'm as Robert totes Stack. Laughing right now. It you worked, just it can't works. hear it. It works. Trust me. Don't so, you, look, you can make fun of this movie if you want. Those IDW Transformers, like, more than meets the eye and Lost Light is my children. You, so you then there's the girl Transformer. RC. And yes. oh, RC is an interesting case because much like almost every originally targeted at boys line where there's a girl, like comic book teens in the 60s, whatever, she's the girl. She's the first girl Transformer. She's pink. She's pink, yes. Very whatever. You know, blah, blah, blah. She kind of like the Princess Leia of this story without, like, being someone you need to be rescued. Yeah. Um, but um, the thing about RC that's kind of fun is IDW turned her into something much cooler and weirder. She is the first female Transformer as well in that, in their universe. But she's created by this crazy-ass scientist guy who, like, is trying to invent gender mm. and add a gender to them. And she's kind of resentful. Oh, I bet. And she's a sociopath. Oh, the Transformers don't trust... The Autobots don't trust... She's not really an Autobot for a lot of the... Like, the tra- like she's this sociopathic murderer. She's oh, wow. Like, she's used as a hitman by the Autobots. Which is weird because she's, she's like the mother figure to Danny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she, yeah, she's kind of... Yeah, she's like this... I think it's more of a big sister thing, but yeah. yeah I, maybe she's his literal mother. We don't know what... We don't know. <laughs> we don't know what Spike did. <laughs> maybe he is smart robot. But, um... You have any robot in you? <laughs> <laughs> but, Would you um, like some? But um, but yeah, RC is a very interesting character, like in the comics, and very not interesting in this. So the she's cool just thing- the girl. Oh, is that all of them? No, no, no. Oh. Then there's Springer, Springer, and Springer's the green, the green dude who turns yeah. into a helicopter. Springer's kind of it's weird again. Like I said, Springer's kind of the one that probably should have been Judd Nelson. He's kind of the Han Solo. Yeah. You know, like because you see her and, and which puts uh, Hot Rod is kind of the Luke mm-hmm. because you see RC flirting with Hot Rod a little bit in the beginning. But for the rest of the time, she's kind of flirting with Springer. It's kind of like the, you know, it, yeah. it follows that Empire Strikes Back rule where everyone's getting split up and going on their adventures. You know, they kind of are, they kind of have like a thing, which isn't really heavily expressed, but you kind of see it suggested. Right. You know, but those are the main characters of uh, that you're going to see that are introduced at this point. These are the new toys the kids are supposed to buy. You know, instead of the old toys that are now, for the most part, brutally murdered. Although there will be more brutal murder coming up. Right. Because at this point... The Decepticons basically bring on the attack of Autobot City on Earth. So the Decepticons under Megatron are now leading this full assault on Autobot City. You get basically all of, uh, I guess, who was there whenever the movie was first starting being made. It's, you know, it's all the Jets, which I used to, I used to know the fan name for them, but I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. I can't remember what they're called. I don't know. You I know, know. right? Uh, but... Yeah, all the jets, uh, the Constructicons, which are construction, um, Decepticons that turn into construction machines, the Insecticons, which also pretty obvious, and, and Assorted, and, and Soundwave and all its cassettes, and Shockwave. And I think we probably want to go in real quick about Decepticon leadership, sure. because these are the ones, these are the ones you're going to, you're, you're originally going to be running into as a kid. The main big, like, names in the Decepticons, Starscream is the head of, like, the jet division, and he's also the guy who is... You know, basically the conniving, uh, you know, I guess the the Prince John from Robin Hood kind of thing where he's always trying to, like, be the usurper. Yeah. You know, and take over. You know, voiced by Chris Latta, and he's, uh, you know, like, his voice is another one of those classic, like, fans of the show love him. Um, Starscream, I always think of, and I, I will say this now, you've probably heard me say this when we watched Mad Men, Pete Campbell was the Starscream of Mad Men. 
That's gotcha. how I would think. Like Starscream's always the guy trying to undermine leadership, put himself in the in, in, in the front, and like you know build build his own reputation up. Right on. Uh, then that's, there's that's what. Oh, sorry, I've been watching The Office, so sorry. Go I, ahead. You don't know the show, so yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I mean, I know it, but I don't care. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, it's not. Uh, I am the guy who doesn't care about The Office. Yeah. Um, but. Um, and then there's a shockwave. He turned into a big giant space laser gun. And he was the toy that we had. My brother and I had a shockwave. And that was kind of a big deal. He was a toy that a lot of people didn't have or they had a knockoff version. Because Radio Shack sold something that I think was probably licensed from the same original Japanese manufacturer. They looked the same. but they Were weren't. they GoBots? No, they were not. Get those, get those trash GoBots out of my feed. Unless you're, sorry, Andrew Weiss, if you're listening, Tux is awesome. <laughs> but um, but other than Tux, get those trash-ass GoBots off my feed. Um, but, um... They were the shock- ones you could get in the dollar store? <laughs> no, no, the Shockwave was expensive. No, not Shockwave. Yeah, the, Go- the, well, the GoBots, were, they were cheaper. They were much more cheaply constructed. I meant whatever the knockoff Shockwave was. Mm-hmm. That of a Radio Shack. Yeah, radio um, show. he was slightly different colored and whatever. We actually had the original Transformers version of it. That was kind of rare to have. Most people had the knockoff, mm. um, probably because it was uh, cheaper. I got, but I got him for Christmas, so it didn't matter how much he cost. <laughs> you know, I still had good Christmases at this point. Good Christmas uh, at the and vendor. And then there, then there was Soundwave. <laughs> yeah. And Soundwave is the one that every kid my age has a bad Soundwave impression that they tried and tried and tried to get right because as kids we didn't understand. One, it was Frank Welker, who's awesome. And two, the voices got a little bit of electronic modulation added to it, so you could never get it. But you'd see these kids walking around trying to... And he had this distinct way of talking that was much more robotic than the rest of them. Yeah. You know, and you'd see the kids walking around the playground being like, Ravage, eject, you know, operation... Elimination. That's pretty good, actually. You know, oh, I, I spent ages on him, and that's still not great. Uh, you know, like it's still not even close to the real one. And I, I, we spent so long that's trying to get his that voice, voice right. Because voice is layered. Yeah, it's super layered. Like it, it, it can't be done by one person, and it certainly can't be done by one person who isn't Frank Welker. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Right. You know, it's like the story of like the Futurama thing where uh, they had two different tones uh, in uh, the voice of that talking brain that Billy West was doing. Yeah. And they thought they'd have to do like some electronic modulation, but Billy West could actually speak in his mask and in his uh, chest at the same time. <laughs> you know, so it's like the two tones are together, but better than I'm doing, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, like, so he had that crazy voice that everyone loved and he's the, turns into a tape deck and he would eject out all his little, the other Decepticon evil mini cassettes. You know, and that was, those were always some of my favorite toys. I love the little mini cassette toys. Um, But um, I liked really small Transformers, which is cool because they were the cheaper ones. (laughs) Um, Well, you're like me. But I never owned a Soundwave, by the way. I I had a Shockwave. And I also had the final one in the leadership. I had a Megatron, which Mm -hmm. was a big deal because Megatron turned into a realistic gun. And nowadays you could not Mm -mm. sell a Megatron. Nope. Like the way he looked. Because he looked like an actual Walter P-38, you know. He looked real. Yeah. I mean, the robot looked goofy because, like, they hadn't figured out how to transform him, you know, to look like, you know, like, he didn't look as, like, but, like, the Megatron look with that, like, bucket bullet head kind of shape. Yeah. You know, the big fusion cannon on his arm and everything. Megatron was, you know, is the epitome of the, you know, the evil leader of the Decepticons. He was cool as hell when we were kids. Also voiced by Frank Welker. Yeah, of course. With this prime, very gravelly, you know, voice. You know, another another voice none of us could do right, but we all tried. And uh, we, you know, like, Megatron, awesome evil leader, um, you know, is mounting his assault. You know, you get to see at that, you know, like, there's this whole big, they, you know, like, battle that a bunch of shit happens. You get to see 
the Constructicons form the most feared thing on the battlefield, Devastator. Yeah. And now, I will admit, when Devastator first came out, he was awesome. But that was in 1985 when they started, like, preparing for this movie. Mm-hmm. By the time this movie came out, Devastator, and Devastator was what they, what Transformers fans now call a gestalt Transformer. He's made of other, other Transformers. Transformers, yeah. Forming like Voltron, I guess you'd say, <laughs> uh, if you're a member of the Wu-Tang Clan. Um, but Devastator, um, by... By the time this movie came out, there were like four or five other gestalt uh, things. The Stunticons, which were evil, which were evil Decepticons that turned into cars. Mm-hmm. You know, cars were usually Autobots. Right. You know, and they were aerial bots, which are good Autobots that turned into planes. The planes were usually Decepticons. And they turned into Minosaur and I can't Superion, I think. There was uh, the Protectobots or something like there. Defensor was one that was like these Autobots that turned into like emergency vehicles. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, the Predacons had come out, which turned into Predaking. They were like Decepticons that turned into like animals that were like, but like they were like, Devastator was like already kind of a relic by the time this movie came out. Yeah. But in this movie, it's like, oh no, Devastator! Yeah. You know, you know, and you know, and, and you, they, you didn't get my favorite part of Devastator in, in this. They didn't use his, like, I didn't, I don't remember the Devastator voice being used a lot. Because he would, in the cartoon, he would turn into Devastator and he, everything was a proclamation. Right. Like, Devastator says! <laughs> before before he would say anything. But, uh, so Devastator's there. And who do you do to fight, De- who do you have fight Devastator? What could possibly be more cool than a robot made of other robots? What? Oh, I would say five robots that turn into five fucking dinosaurs. Yeah. The uh, the inarguably coolest of all the Transformers. I'm getting emotional talking about him because I'm still eight years old. Hey, buddy. My son is smiling at me. But, you know, because the, because you see the Dinobots who, like, are the greatest idea in toy history. Yeah. I cannot tell you a more perfect elevator pitch for an idea for a toy than whoever was sitting in a room and said, here's an idea to get little kids excited about something. Hi. The, let's get... A robot that turns into a goddamn dinosaur. And oh, by the way, this robot, let's say he's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. This robot Tyrannosaurus Rex, when he turns back into a robot, he carries a sword. <laughs> like, could you make a greater character than Grimlock? Probably not. Now, admittedly, Grimlock's irritating as hell in the cartoon the way he talks. Because he's a caveman. Me, yeah. Grimlock! You know, like, total caveman crap. He's horribly irritating to hear talk, but Grimlock is the best. Like I will, I will brook no ill ill will word of any of the Dinobots, especially not Grimlock. I this is what I wrote about Devastator. I said Devastator is extra. Oh my God, Devastator is so extra. And then I wrote that <laughs> Devastator is extra. extra. If I remember correctly, in his, I don't think he, I can't remember if he's. I don't think he says anything in the movie. I don't remember. I don't it. think he does either. But uh, in the in the cartoon, his voice had an echo on it, like it was like it was like I think it was. I'm not sure, but I think it was a chorus of all the voices mm-hmm. of the characters that created him or something. But anyway, Devastator's beating ass. The Dinobots come jumping out of like they basically do a halo attack, like like they're like paratroopers coming down. They transform into dinosaurs, but unfortunately, Devastator just sidekicks Grimlock off yeah. into space, um, which is a shame. At one point, somebody says we're ta- really taking a pounding, which I thought oh was yeah, very you you funny. you uh, you got um, yeah. Oh, by the way, um, also during the attack, we we oh we forgot one character in the that we need to go back to because he's important. You're going to talk about him a lot. You're talking later. about Blur. Blur. Yeah. Well, I wrote Blur's about- the guy who's on coke. He's always talking really fast. <laughs> you know. Blur is the Jennifer Oi of this uh, of this world. Jennifer Oi 
is um, Blossom's best friend. Oh, the one. Oh, the one who. Uh, the one who had the. The one who had the, uh, the, the. The. No, that was a different show where they had the addiction to uh, diet pills, wasn't it? Or, I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm of... so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> Yes. Is that what you were trying yes, to say? Yes. No, it is not Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. No, this is which Blossom. I never actually saw because I never watched Saved by the Bell because I wasn't an idiot. <laughs> um, no, this is Jennifer Oy who plays Six, uh, who's Blossom's best friend. And she talks really, really fast, and she's very amazingly. See, see I got to think of this. The episode of say, uh, 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 of uh, I forgot what I was going. Let me go backwards. I'm sorry, I forgot what I was saying. Let me go back and go and remember the name of it. Uh, Family ties. I kind of think of the episode where Alex Teague became addicted to uh, the caffeine pills because he wanted to do work. He was only amphetamines. Remember? You mean he was like... sliding around in the chair. It's in the opening credits of the show. Oh, that one. I thought you were gonna do a little 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 giant vacuum cleaner company from Walla Walla Washington or the Micro Machines Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but basically, I mean, he's obviously sped up slightly, but I know the actor is definitely talking fast to begin oh, with. Hell yeah! And he is, but he, yeah, Blur Blur is a fast guy. I forgot to mention him. You know, and he's, I, I literally tell Blur later on to take his Adderall. Oh, he already <laughs> took it. Unfortunately, he didn't need it. Um, so. so um, so, but, you know, so anyway, the, the attack's going very badly for the Autobots. And at one point, um, I, I just, I have to point this out because I think it's mm-hmm. important. Um, as they're like pa- pu- putting in their, their coordinates or whatever they're <laughs> writing in, it literally looks like Holtz, the Holt soundboard from Brooklyn from Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Autobots, Autobots, yes, Autobots. Yes. I'm proud of you, Jake. <laughs> oh my but, God. Um, but basically, this is where the movie... This is where, for about four or five minutes, I am completely incapable of being an objective human adult yes. and discussing a movie. Yes. Because we have entered the moment where the battle the battle is seemingly completely lost inexorably for the Autobots until here comes Prime. Yeah. And Prime... And I think, is- what's funny is that it's actually... The scene moves so much slower uh-huh. than like at the beginning than you'd think because they do a distant shot of Optimus Prime transforming to go attack by himself, lead the attack. Now, before you go on to tell the story, I just need to explain this because I know you're getting emotional, but I think it's important to point this out. I don't have this emotional attachment to Prime. It's very interesting to be doing a movie where I'm not the one falling mm. apart here. It's kind of adorable. And I'm only falling but, apart because it's the child in me. Yes, I understand, and that's okay. You, honey, you can just embrace it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You, it's okay. All I'm saying is moments. my robot dad is about to do some things. And let me explain, though. Like, this is he's this an is entire my, generation's robot daddy. This, and, is, <laughs> this is my impression of this. I literally wrote down... Optimus Prime. Whoa, holy crap. He just turned into the over-the-top truck. Yes, yes. He's and and as I and you said that out loud, by the way, and I immediately turned and said, Yeah, but the difference is he gets a car chase. That's right, he did say that. That's true. He did. <laughs> but um, so um so Optimus turns into his his his, you know, his I always I always call it a Mac truck, but he's not a Mac truck. They have the grills. Semi? He's a semi. Yeah. Uh, he's not made by Mac though, because oh, Mac has a different oh, front. Oh, I get you. I, like, I get you. You know, like I always call them Mac trucks, and then I'm like, is this no. the one where you you're going to talk about the the one moment in yeah, the movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes, okay, I'm, it, it's it. happening. Yeah. But first he drops off, and, and there's a long there's a long setup because they do a, a distant shot of him driving, and it's just like he's because he's moving as fast as a truck, yeah, right. which is fast. Yeah. But it's not like jet plane fast. You see him going down the road, but then you get him coming barreling into the Decepticons, and first of all, you get. Possibly my favorite shot in the whole movie, which is not the one we were talking about. But no, it is. No, 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 oh. not no. Possibly my favorite shot in the movie, not the legendary shot, but it's the one that I like. As a kid, I almost died. I think the guy in the grill is named Ramjet. Oh. I think that's his name. 
I can't remember, but he's the red. He's a red jet. He's got the he's got the fan wings. Uh-huh. Um, he's one of the conehead ones. Um, you just see you see Optimus's grill, and you see this distorted re- reflection of his face going. <laughs> kind of the same face as the guy when they say release the Kraken and cra- crash the Titans, and you see they cut to the crowd, and the guy's like. You know, like, yeah. you see that, that grill just zoom in on the face and Optimus just runs him the hell over. Exactly. It is, and then basically he, you see him crash into a few more of the guys. Then you see him launch off of his, his trailer. Yep. Leap into the air. And this is the shot. If you see one shot, like, in like a, any sort of retrospective mentioning Transformers, the movie, or Optimus Prime, this is the shot you're going to see. Where he goes into the air, he's got the gun out, he's oh shooting god. down. I'm I'm a little emotional. Oh my god, this is so sweet. Because I'm ten. I'm ten when I see this. Folks, I am this ten is years like old. So adorable right now. You know, and he goes over and just is blasting everybody on the way down because he because Robot Space Dad is coming to save us all. You know, and let's talk about Savior in a minute. Um, basically, he goes he he starts whooping ass on on the Decepticons until he gets his way to Megatron. Yes. And at this point. We get the battle that they've been waiting for forever, despite the fact that Megatron and Optimus Prime have fought like 400 times. They, they duel constantly in the show. Yeah. But this is a much more brutal battle than you've ever seen before. And then you get, seriously, and I, I, I like Optimus Prime definitely, like most like, like beloved, good-hearted leader characters, will eventually be given the Christ treatment yeah. in stories. During this battle, Optimus' side is pierced by a spear. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't somehow give him a crown of thorns. I mean... Like, like he's be, but Megatron. Like th- there's this big brutal fight. Uh, it ends. Optimus almost wins in this fight, and then that's when Megatron is going to reach for a gun. Like Megatron's begging for mercy, and he's and Optimus doesn't believe him. Yeah. Like you know Optimus. Like the subtext is you know Optimus knows Megatron's about to pull some shit, but Hot Rod comes running out where he's witnesses because he sees Megatron. He runs like no Megatron, and then Optimus is like get out of here, Hot Rod. You know, like I can't do an Optimus voice. I can't do the Peter Cullen voice. That's okay. You know, which is funny because, like, Optimus Prime, I, I always thought of an Optimus Prime was vaguely modeled on John Wayne, and uh, like, but like later on, you learn, like, I learned that Peter Cullen, like, did him. And I knew this before we saw the toys that made us, but like, he, he says it in the interview. It's based after his brother. He's, it's based on, it's based on his brother because his brother said, look, if you make him a hero, make him a, like, make him real. Don't make him, like, he's not the, don't make him a Hollywood hero. Make him yeah. someone who's, you know, an actual soldier who knows what war is like, you know, kind of thing. And that was, in Peter Cullen's mind, that was his brother. So, like, he's doing an impression of his own brother, which is actually making me emotional in a way that I wasn't before. But anyway, uh, he's like, get out of here, you know. And but, hot, but Megatron grabs Hot Rod and basically is holding him as, like, a hostage so that he can then shoot Prime repeatedly. And, you know, you see Prime get, like, rocked by these shots and fall over. And Megatron's standing over him. And you're like, oh, no, Prime's dead, you know, which is shocking enough as a kid. But, oh, this movie's going to toy with your emotions a little longer because then at the last second, Prime uses all of his strength to basically two-handed, like, uppercut Megatron off of the side of the building. Megatron crashes all the way down, is badly damaged. He's dragged off by the Decepticons, almost left behind, but, like, he gets Soundwave, his most loyal, you know... Trusted bud. His most, most trusted assistant to carry him. And... Go ahead. The hilarious follow-up. You see yep. Rumble, <laughs> Rumble, the little guy, like the tiny little guy from the New Yorker robot, <laughs> you yeah. know, like carrying this huge cannon behind it's him like in strange. a jog. It is a very funny shot in an otherwise kind of serious moment yeah. where basically the Decepticons retreat onto Astro Train, the, uh, the triple changer, 
you know, not my favorite triple changer, the jazz loving uh, triple changer who turns from a outhouse into a, oh, we're not going <laughs> to, that's the tweet that I've, uh, <laughs> I won't give the punchline because that's the tweet that I do to annoy people. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'll probably be retweeting that today because I've remembered it. Oh, um, Lord. But anyway, um, we're still only twenty-five minutes into the. But you know what? The remaining eighty minutes, no one gives a shit about. This is the part. This is the part that matters. They drive off. They escape, and we're we're brought into the scene where the entire generation of children's hearts break forever and ever and ever. Yes. Even though you know they'll come back eventually, but Optimus not in this movie. Optimus Prime spoilers gives a well. They they weren't planning to bring him back. Mm This is the I moment know, I know. that basically they overplayed their hand. It's yeah. bad enough they killed. This is all a these shark that. Th- this, this is the this moment is the, the Transformers shark. franchise this jumped the shark. This is the shark. shark yes. cron- what are they? The shark. shark, shark yeah, they shark, jumped the shark to con. This is the moment the movie jumped the shark to con. Yeah. Because Optimus dies, gives us he gives the leadership matrix of the Transformers, which it's is basically this like glowing thing. It's the leader, the Prime, the leader of the Autobots, is given that. Like, Optimus Prime used to be known as Orion Pax before he was made leader. Hmm. He was a pacifist and, uh, you know, and didn't want to battle, you know. That's why Optimus is a good leader. He doesn't like war. He doesn't want to have war. He's a warrior who hates war. Yep. Um, but um, but anyway, uh, he's dying. He he gives it gives the leadership thing to his dearest, oldest friend <laughs> that we just met in this movie, Ultra Magnus. So we go to, pa- he and, goes and to pass it to him. He passes it to him. And just for a second, it, it drops... And Hot Rod catches it, and there's this glowing moment before he passes it back to Ultra Magnus, and you know, like, it like starts to glow, and you hear like starting, and then, um, the, you know, and then um, it goes over to Ultra Magnus, and Ultra Magnus has now inherited the rulership of the Autobots as Optimus Prime turns gray and dies, and, and Danny cries, Danny cries, and the- and every ten year old in the audience cries, like they've. They've killed our robot space dad. You know, we're 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 all sad. And and the thing is, that More is a moment. Than meets the eye. Sadness in disguise. <laughs> but anyway, what like basically that is the moment the Transformers for a lot of kids changes forever. And like my age. And like I think a lot of us kind of like even if like I still watch the cartoon show for like a while after that and whatever, but that is a moment that like Something snapped and like we didn't know why at the time. And now we know, as we've alluded to earlier, that this was a case where they thought these kids aren't going to buy are like the sale. We're worried about sales dropping. We've got all these new Transformers. We need to get rid of the old ones, make them irrelevant. Like we don't want those guys anymore. You know, like we have to buy the new ones because those old ones are dead. They don't matter. And so in one of the most cynical ploys in like the history of like children's toy marketing. They straight up murdered many beloved characters so that they, you know, they could they could be replaced with the new Poochies. I mean, what they should have done is just retired them. Or just made more toys and made the, nor- the new toys gradually pull the focus. Yes. That's how G.I. Joe did it for ages. Stupid. You know? But instead, like, they only kept a few of the originals. And we'll get to that as the, as the movie goes on, of, of the originals around. And mostly that was Probably because... Probably because they were the lowest sales. Yeah. Well, yeah, they got rid of the ones that weren't selling, you know. Yeah. You know, like, and, and some of them they just couldn't get rid of for various reasons. Like, either they had some serious name actor, voice actors connected with them, yeah. and they were popular in a way that they didn't like. They, they, but the the prime thing was where they they super misstepped. They might have gotten away with getting rid of like Braun and Prowl and Ratchet and even right. Ironhide, 
But, like, this was the moment where, like, no. Like, you know, like, this was the moment when, like, they just kind of screwed up. They overstepped their bounds. And they overstepped their bounds so badly that there was a, a, a G.I. Joe movie being made. I don't think that ever went into theaters. I think it was only aired on television that was being made at the time that was pulling, that was going to pull a, a similar trick with Duke. Uh -huh. Where, and they changed their minds. Yeah, the, well, they, it was already in production. Duke was killed by this snake, an arrow made out of a snake. The G.I. Joe movie's fucking insane. Like, everything G.I. Joe uh, animated related, it's fucking insane. He dies, and his, his brother becomes, like, the new field leader of the team in that movie. They had to change it so far after the fact it's mostly done in ADR that Duke was just in a coma. And the movie ends like with an off-camera voice saying, "And Duke's out of his coma, basically," yeah, yeah. because they were like, "We fucked up." So, like they looked like the Hasbro people were like, "Oh, we fucked this up so bad. We fucked up. Oh no." They're like, you know, these kids are not happy with this. You know, like, mm -hmm. like, and it did. It kind of like it took the wind out of like they kept trying and trying to regain that majesty, and finally they, like, Transformers basically kind of re like ended up hard rebooting it so that Optimus was still around later. You know, they, they found a way to bring him back. But, like, this was the end for a lot of kids my age. You know? So, anyway, now we move on to the, the escaping Decepticons also dump their dead weight off. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of like, they dump their wounded out into space, including Megatron, which Starscream is just like, 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 a vote! <laughs> who votes for survival of the fittest? And all the healthy ones raise their hands. Who votes, you know, who votes against? And all the weak ones are like, no. Yeah. And they basically get uh, chucked, like, they all get chucked off into space. And Starscream assumes the leadership after a battle. Like they all start choosing sides. Yeah. Soundwave, who by the way was loyal up to a point, but basically was like at the end was like opportunistic. Soundwave saying he he should lead. He has all the cassettes. You know yeah. the Constructicons say they should lead because they form Devastator. Right. You know, and they 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 have a big back and forth fight, but eventually it ends with Starscream in charge. Right. Meanwhile, and in the meanwhile, Galvatron is out in space. You know. Oh, and and the Autobots have escaped, uh -huh. like in two spaceships. Like from from Autobot City, the remaining Autobots. It was Megatron. Is that what no, well, no, Megatron. I'm sorry, did I say Galvatron? You did. Oh, he he's will. Not Galvatron. Be. No, he's not yet. I'm sorry. Megatron's floating out in space. God, and, how did I know that, guys? And he encounters Unicron. Also, can I stop for a second, just really quickly, before you continue? <laughs> what? What digressions? We're only an hour in, and yeah, we're not just even. Just a second, yeah. because I keep doing this, and and I I need to like. I need to like I admonish. This be our longest episode. I need to admonish myself for a minute here because I keep doing this. It's so ingrained in me to use the 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 gendered term guys when I'm talking about a group of people, and I'm trying to kill like. Break I try to myself. use y'all as much as possible, which is helpful because I'm southern or whatever. But of all the movies for me to like f this up, this is not the one to do it in. It's like it couldn't be more, especially considering. Where the Transformers go later and, yeah. you know. Well, later, yeah. But th but that is 100% pretty much, I, I, I would say that's almost, I would say that's almost 95% due to one man who is not going to start writing uh, Transformers until uh, 10 years from uh, Yeah, so but, but okay. You know. But but my point is that I'm trying, I look, we need yeah. to call it out on ourselves when we're yeah, doing these right, things yeah. that are incorrect. And I'm calling myself okay, out yeah, on no. this. I've now done it like two or three times, those of you who've heard it. So I apologize and I will try to catch myself the next oh, time. And by the way. Folks. Okay. So anyway. Oh, by the way, when Optimus Prime dies, the, his last words are like, you know, like, oh, yeah. till all are one. Till, right. Know, because Which he's, he's becoming one with the Matrix and all that. That's a big thing. That The introduction of that is major on Transformers mythology from then on. You know, but that, just so putting that Megatron's in So as Megatron's falling out into space, we think he's basically just going to die. And Unicron... Finds him. Finds and him and summons him, basically. Basically, and says, uh, you know, like, basically, Megatron, you need to, you know, like... I need you to destroy the Matrix. And, you know, Megatron's like, like, Megatron's actually first, like, 
understandably so, is a total pissy bitch. She's yeah. like, you know, no, I'm not going to do it. Who are you telling me? You right. know, like, fuck you. <laughs> you know? Like, and like, and Unicron basically, like, basically gives him the choice, join me or you're going to die. Yeah. Because you're in space, you're wounded, you know? And he's actually going to blow him up himself. Yeah. And Megatron says, fine, fine, I'll do it. And he transforms Megatron into Galvatron. A new, completely different toy for kids With to With a buy. new, completely different voice. Yes. Yes, that's right. Now he's voiced by Leonard Nimoy. And this is going to sound really bad because I love Leonard Nimoy. I do. And we'll get... In, I'm, I'm going to go actually... In, uh, we'll go into why in a minute. But he turns uh, one... He turns the... like one, I think one of, like one of the Insecticons in, in, into Scourge. Okay. And his sweeps of the other ones. And those are... They're these like things that look kind of like the Land Speeder from Star Wars. Uh-huh. Um they're like, you know, they're kind of his foot soldiers and Scourge is their leader. And he turns another uh, one of them into Cyclonus and his armada. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, like, these are characters that in the movie have no real personality. Later on, Cyclonus actually is a really interesting character in the comics, but he's got nothing. Same with Galvatron. Galvatron and Megatron are not the same in the IDW comics, and it's better for it. So while he's, but, while um, he's transforming all of these henchmen, we actually have what I call the Tron moment. Oh, yeah, they totally cut through. Like, like they do, like, really, really 80s CGI where you see, like, the 3D Megatron get, like, turned into circuits and then warped yeah. into into the Galvatron. And now Galvatron, now, and no shame to, to no, but anyway, no shade on the Leonard Nimoy. But I'm, I'm just going to say this right now. Frank Welker's a better cartoon voice actor. Hell yeah. Like, Galvatron is kind of uncharismatic. Very. He's got, I mean, Leonard Nimoy has a great speaking voice, you know, and he works great. Like, he has a great on-screen presence as Spock, you know, but he doesn't have, like, he's a fine actor. He's doing a good job, but it, like, it doesn't have that broad power. Like, it doesn't have the sweeping, like, scope of Megatron's megalomania. Right. You know, like, Galvatron, like, it just, it just, it just feels really dull in comparison. And again, Scourge and the sweeps are not really, and, and, and Cyclonus and his armada are not really given personalities. Right. They're just sort of there in this. You don't, yeah. you don't, you don't find, there's no, there's nothing about them. Right. You know, and we're about to lose. The other major personality villain when, when Galvatron goes and gets revenge on Starscream. Right. So we're losing Chris Lotta and Frank Welker's... I mean, we still have Frank Welker doing Soundwave, but right. Soundwave is, he a, doesn't really is, have much is to a sidekick. Yeah. And he's not really... You know, Sound, Soundwave's never going to be a real leader. No. You know? Like, like, Galvatron just does not engender the interest of Megatron. He's just not. It's like that... It's It's... Aside from these are not the Transformers I grew up with. Like you know, these aren't my, these aren't your older brother's Transformers. Right. These are yours. Yeah. You know, like it also is just it's just not the same. And and you can see that in every time Transformers is rebooted, it always ends up going back to Megatron in some way. Yeah. Sometimes he's called Megatronus. Sometimes whatever. But Megatron is Megatron. The the, the Bay movies. Megatron's the first villain. You know, like like you. It always goes back to Megatron because he's more interesting. And it goes back to Starscream, who's an interesting character. He's this fun, conniving schemer. He you sounds know? like Skeletor. He does a little bit. They might. I think maybe Chris Lotta might do Skeletor's voice. To be honest, I, I I'm not joking. I think he might. I will check it. But continue. But um, keep going. But like the whole. So tell them how they kill Starscream. So basically, and this is this is another this is the last moment in this movie that I think is really classic until the very end. You know, like the, this is the so we can the, skim the rest. Well, we're, we're gonna go, we're gonna go by it really fast uh, for a lot of this because it starts getting like what the fuck ever. Yeah. You know, but um, but we get we get um, you know, Starscream is is coronation, and we get a really inappropriately goofy trumpet joke considering the dark tone of this movie where the Constructicons are playing a fanfare and he ends up shooting <laughs> shooting the fanfare off because it's going on too long. Yeah. But he's crowned. He's getting Starscream is getting crowned as the new king. 
of the Decept- I guess king of the Decepticons. They've never had that, but he's getting crowned as ruler, and he's like, you know, of course, you know, no, no Decepticon is Megatron never wore a crown, but this is Starscream. Of course, he's wearing a damn crown, right? You know, so, um, but uh, a hole gets blasted in the wall, and Galvatron comes in, and basically, like. Like, despite the fact he's completely different in different voice, like, Starscream kind of figures it out. He's like, Megatron? You know? And, and he's like, what do you think? More or less. I can't remember exactly what he says or take a guess or something like that. And just blasts Starscream. And Starscream freezes, turns gray, and just crumbles to basically a pair of feet. And his crown clinks on the ground and rolls by Galvatron. Galvatron just steps on it and twists and by the way yeah go for it this reminded me so much of how at our wedding when i stepped on the glass <laughs> i was so worried about like it skittering out from underfoot because didn't that happen to your brother or something uh yes you know i was so worried about that that i stomped so hard straight down and when i hit it i twisted like i was stepping on a bug <laughs> And that is basically how Galvatron does. And that is like the last iconic shot of this movie until near the very end, I think. You know, but, but uh, so we've lost Starscream. Um, and then we then we get to like basically Bumblebee and Spike and Jazz and Cliffjumper, the original uh, ones, the ones that are voiced by Scatman Crothers and Casey Kasem respectively yes. on the last two, are trying to escape and failing. And we think they're going to die. We think they die here. They're actually going to get away and escape. They're, they're, they survive. And hilariously enough... One of the main reasons they survive was because it was Scatman Crothers and Casey Kasem doing the voices. Right. But within less than a year, both of them were no longer doing the voices. Case, uh, Scatman Crothers died right after this film, you know, much like Orson Welles. Yeah. Um, and Casey Kasem, not long after this, there was an episode of uh, with an, a Middle Eastern nation of, in Transformers with this Middle Eastern nation called, like, Bamalia or something. Oh, right. And Casey Kasem, who is, I think, of Lebanese descent, was of a, or something, he, definitely of Arab-American descent in some capacity, was horribly offended. He's like, that's racist, which it, well, yeah, it was. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. And because, you know, they wouldn't change it, he quit. So these characters that were supposed to survive actually didn't. Well, they did. They did, but, but they, they didn't. But, yeah. they, they, but they were never really in the show anymore. Like, Jazz was in the opening credits of the Transformers after this movie, but you never saw him. So, in IMDb, he's not even listed. Which Chris is, Lotta? Yeah, he's not listed anywhere. Really? That's... I've looked through the whole that thing. Is a, that is a... That's a... That's serious a miss. And here, if I look him up... This Chris, L-A-T-T-A. L-A-T-T-A. Whoops. Chris Lotta. There he is. He was the second on the list. T-A. No, that's Cameron Electrical Department. What? Yeah, I know. Maybe it's Christopher Lana. Maybe. Am I remembering his name wrong? Maybe. You must be. be. No, I remember there was a Lana. Google Voice of Starscream. Okay. Hold on, folks. This is is happening right now. You keep, like, I can't. But anyway, so they, oh, and this is where actually, this is where, oh, I forgot. This is the important moment for you. Yes. Like, when they're, when they, when, when Bumblebee and Spike are trying to escape, they, they launch an escape pod off their thing and blow it up inside Unicron thinking they're going to get him. Right. Oh, he was born. Ah, he, oh, he changed his, his name. He changed his name. Oh, ah, he's, he's also known Christopher as Christopher Collins. Collins. But uh, okay, and he was also the voice of Cobra Commander, right? which I, I knew that too. Of course, they have, Cobra Commander and Starscream have very similar voices. Um, I don't think he's. The, I don't think he's Skeletor. No, then. Would, he was also Cobra there. Commander, though. Yeah, it would be up there. But yeah, um, if he were. Um, anyway, but anyway, continue. Sorry. Yeah, someone, oh, someone, oh no, it's a star scream. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> someone, someone, by the way, is screaming at their podcast because they know the voice of Skeletor and I can't remember it. I'm gonna look it and up. And no, I'm not talking about Franklin Jella. He played him in the movie. Yes. 
But um, but uh, basically, anyway, going. I can't even remember what I was talking about. Oh yeah, but during the escape, they blow this up, but it does no damage to Unicron, and you actually hear uh, Spike say, "Shit!" It. <laughs> yes, I was like, "Wait, did he just say shit?" I'm like, he says, yeah. Oh, he says, like, oh, oh yeah. shit! Yeah. Oh shit! It didn't work or whatever. Yeah. And like that was a big deal too, which I had almost forgotten. Um, so anyway, now at this point, there are two spaceships on on the escape. Possibly Alan Oppenheimer. Yeah. Alan Lewis Oppenheimer. We'll go to filmography right there. See? See? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that's films. That's not going to be movies. Uh, that's going to be TV shows. That's that... TV shows. Maybe not. I don't know. What's that? Anyway, I'll keep looking. It doesn't matter. Voice of Skeletor. That's all you have to Google. I did that. Skeletor voice actor. Alan Oppenheimer, yeah. That's what I said. He's yeah, Masters of the Universe. Yeah, that's him. That's not listening. Well, that's because you went to Wikipedia. Filmography on Wikipedia only means movies. There was no He-Man movie done done by the animation team. No, they have television shows in there. Not on filmography, they don't. Oh, well, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. they they don't. Uh, Wikipedia is very specific yeah, he's about Skeletor. that. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's a little more like this, actually. Yeah, maybe just a little bit higher. Anyway, this is not important. Let's continue. I know you've gone. We've gone. Yeah. We've gone, speaking we've gone of, down a speaking hole. of rabbit holes. Speaking of rabbit holes. Uh, uh, rabbit holes. We actually these are the split up. This is the split between the, the ships. Just so we know, the Dinobots have escaped with Hot Rod and Cup. Cup, the old guy telling yes. stories. Cup tells stories and the Dinobots love it and Hot Rod's like rolling his eyes. Yes. Um, and at one point, because he's talking about Petro Rabbits, in like hunting Petro Rabbits or something like yes. that, Grimlock says, tell me about the Petro Rabbits Cup. It actually says, tell Grimlock. <laughs> tell Grimlock. Yeah, he doesn't say me. He's like, tell Grimlock about the Petro Rabbits Cup. And Allie went, went, what the fuck did he just, like, did he just do that? And I'm like, Allie, cartoons have been making of mice and men. It's... Like, cartoons have been making poor taste of mice and men jokes since at least Bugs Bunny. You know, so it's not that weird, but, like, my God. Yeah, my God. So anyway, and the other ship is, I guess, the Millennium Falcon one, uh, has Ultra Magnus. uh, It has Leia and Han. (laughs) And Leia, Han, I guess Blur is the C-3PO. I'm not really sure how this uh, analogy works. Yeah, I'm not really out of wrong, So Hot Rod and Cup and the Dinobots crash on a planet covered in, like, or they they clack crash into the water on on a robot planet which they can breathe under and Good for them and uh the rest of them uh are detecting something they land on a planet made entire like this it's not even a planet it's like part of a planet like it's like just part of the surface of a planet made entirely, made entirely of junk um and that danny's with them and he's given a suit the exosuit spike's, the exosuit. Old, exosuit. spike's old exosuit uh cup uh basically is is in pieces underwater. Uh, Hot Rod takes him out of the water and repairs him. Um, they are captured. Yes. By these like monster things that look like alligator transformers. That they never made toys of, so I don't know what they're called. Whatever. And they meet Krennix, Krennix or whatever, who is the last survivor of that planet from the beginning. And this movie is dark because guess what? That planet is now gone soon because Krennix is sentenced to death for being innocent. Which yeah. is like because this is where you see, and you don't even get a name for these things in the movie. You see, they were later in the cartoon. I just know this for later. They're called the Quintessons. They're these five-faced robots. In the mythology of the cartoon, later they actually created the Transformers originally. Ah, um, and I think they were originally created by Unicron, uh, but that comes later. Uh, and this is just this five-faced judge that keeps switching from faces, and for some reason, like. Everyone's found innocent, and innocent means you get dumped into the pit with the Sharktacons. And then they kill you. Which then tear you apart. So that's the end of those uh, polygon-headed space robots. Um, Meanwhile, like, they can't, the Dinobots are out on their own, and the Dinobots, like, basically encounter a little little boy robot named Wheelie, who is 
Can I say it? You can say it. This is what I wrote. Wheelie is the Jar Jar Binks of this movie. Yes, he kind of, he's bombad awful. Um, and uh, uh, he's, but the thing is, Wheelie is another character that IDW kind of fixed a little bit. He's like, I think his conception is kind of like cross between, this is where I talk about Kirby influences. He is kind of a cross between Commandy, Commandy, the last boy, who's a DC character actually, like the last boy on earth. He's like the last, like the young, like he's a human in a post apocalyptic world full of monsters and like mutants. Right. And he's also cross between that and Moon Boy, which is another a Marvel Kirby creation where Moon Boy is a ca- is a is a is a caveman who is friends with a red dinosaur that he rides around mm-hmm. named Devil Dinosaur. And basically, Wheelie talks in rhyme. He's horribly irritating in this movie. And IDW even fixes that with the you know the reason Wheelie talks in rhyme is a little darker than you'd, you'd expect. It's because he he did spend like you know like year, millions of years trapped on this dangerous planet after a crash landing. And it's trauma, huh. like the trauma messed up his brain speech receptors, so it, so that it, so that he can only speak in rhyming couplets. Mm. You know, like he's actually like a deeply traumatized like freak. But but Wheelie's horribly irritating. He has a slingshot, but he befriends the Dinobots, and like he's there, like and he like and you see him for most of the rest of the movie riding around on Grimlock. He shoulders. pretty much becomes Moon Boy. He's Moon Boy. He's, he's riding around on a on a Triceratops. He's it's their, just he's, he's robot Moon Boy. He's their mascot. Yeah, he's their mascot. Um. Anyway, Ultra Magnus and the rest of the guys back on whatever planet. Galvatron is found out. And throughout the movie, Galvatron keeps thinking he's destroyed the leadership matrix. And he has not. And he has not. And Unicron hurts him every time. Like, you know, like turns on the pain receptors, I guess. You know, and... Uh, but but uh, they're trapped on this planet of junk people. And they're attacked by the Decepticons, led by Galvatron. Ultra Magnus seals the other heroes behind a wall of rubble. And faces Galvatron alone and is torn torn apart literally. So I guess that's the end of Ultra Magnus, huh? Uh, but and but the Matrix. So Galvatron gets the Matrix, yeah. and his plan is to go back and uh, you know now take control. Of, yeah, he's, he's as opposed to giving it to yeah. Unicron. He's going to basically. But that won't happen quite yet. Right. Um, by the way, Wheelie and Grimlock talking together is the worst conversation ever you can have in a voice. Like like, but anyway. Um, but meanwhile, by the way, the Junkions, the inhabitants of this junk planet, which I believe is just called Junk, uh-huh. or the Junkion planet, whichever one, uh, they look like kind of like space Mongols. They have yeah. like robot long mustaches, mustaches and like, and they, they're, but they're, they're also like, if you cross like Mon- with like Mongol, like the Mongol horde with road warrior with robots and make them out of trash. And turn them into people or whatever things yeah. that listen to television all yeah time. yeah well that's later yeah so uh so basically at this point um oh and like it's cutting back a lot so i'm gonna do their thing and i'm gonna go all back right. and do cuffing them uh so they now the junkions attack uh attack the the autobots who are there left and they have a big fight and it's set to weird owls dare to be stupid uh which is uh weird owls devo style pastiche song um it's a very excellent pastiche of the Devo sound. It's a weirdly out of place song because everything else in this movie is more or less other than like more or less kind of a um, cheesy metal. It's a Def metal. Leppard like Def, yeah, worse. Yeah like, pop, yeah like low level pop like pop metal. You know there's a band called Spectre General that does some of the songs. Uh, Stan Bush does a bunch of them. Um, but this is you know obviously a parody of like New Wave. Devo style like robo nerd like turbo nerd New Wave. Um, and the reason is, is the soundtrack is on Scotty Brothers Records, which is actually the label that a lot of Weird Al stuff was put out on. Sure. So that's how Weird Al's in this movie. 
by the way. Like, that makes much more sense, like, as an adult realizing, oh, it's the same record label. Right. No wonder. But, I mean, but Dare to be Stupid works well with the Junkions, who are fucking weird and crazy and dumb. But I actually kind of love them. They're badly executed, I think, in that uh, when you meet their leader, Rekgar, uh, that's a dumb name, but that's that's his name. Um, Played by? Eric Idle. His voice is distorted in a weird way that makes it hard to understand, understand him. Because a lot of what he's saying, it's hilariously, it's not, it, it's sensible nonsense in that he's saying bits and pieces of lines from commercials to communicate his messages. Which apparently some, like, is, I guess, analogous to how in the Michael Bay movies, Bumblebee apparently communicates by, like, he can't talk, his voice circuits are damaged, so he communicates by tuning his radio to the sounds that, like, basically radio messages to communicate oh, his ideas. Interesting. But um, but it's like it's you know like operators are standing by, no money down, you know like like he's saying all this nonsense, but it's very hard to understand because it's like like there's this kind of thing layered over it, which just which makes, makes it very difficult. But they but they have a fun aesthetic because they're like riding on each other, like they all turn into motorcycles and they'll like ride on each other. And they'll get knocked over and they'll rebuild themselves out of whatever junk's around. Like you can't really kill a junkie on; they'll just get back up and put themselves back together. You know, and they'll then like one will turn into a robot and ride on the other, and then they'll get hit, and they'll both fly in the air, and the other one will turn into a motorcycle, right. and the other one will land on them. They're they're a fun visual, and and it, but the battle, you know, so this battle's going on, and that's where we're gonna stop, because now we got to go back to the planet that the Quintessons and Sharktacons are on, because Cup and Hot Rod are being sentenced to death. They they go on the cliff, they fall in, they they have a fight. And by the way, when they're hanging there, you get the one time in this movie that you hear the refrain that is all throughout the Transformers cartoons anytime one of them's hurt. It was, I can't transform! Yeah. Can you transform? <laughs> like, that's a big, yeah. like, litany in the cartoon show when I was a kid. There's a whole thing about whether or not, like, you can tell they're injured if they can't transform. You know, and Cup can't transform because he's locked up. They're, they're, yeah. But when they fall in, the chains are like laser lightsabery looking things that disappear right. so in the water they transform we get a heavy metal song they run around and do a, like a demolition derby with the sharks That the, the water turns into like what looks like a toilet it's like spinning around they escape uh, the dinobots show up as they're getting cornered by thousands of sharktacons you know and Grimlock 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 and the dinobots are like are way bigger than the Sharktacons and like the Quintesson goes, you know, killed or the, the slave driver actually, not the Quintesson, the one with the whip arms, the yeah. other thing. It's like, you know, get them or whatever and like Grimlock says, me Grimlock say get them yeah. and they're and like, like and they look and they and he bangs his foot down and they look at Grimlock and they look at their master and they look at Grimlock and then they turn on their masters. Yeah. So that, so, so they all escape like the Dinobots and, uh, and them escape and Wheelie and the, and the guys escape and they land now on the junk planet. And they're on this ship that looks like a drill that yeah. like drills into the, like, when it lands. And they come out, and, and Cup gives the universal greeting we forgot to mention, which oh, is, yeah. like, d nibby no Like, I can't even remember. It's nonsense. Asleep? He's very much asleep. Okay. Well, he's half asleep. Okay. I'm holding him up, so it's like, head's bobbing, guys. Um, uh, Y'all. There you go. See? Uh, see, it, see, it's too easy. Oh, God. Are you handing him to me? Yes, I thought Oh, you I didn't realize him. that's what you were I, doing. I thought you were oh, reaching for him. I wasn't. Oh, I'm but sorry. But okay, we're here. It's fine. Okay. So anyway, um, so they give the greeting. Everyone, everyone realize that, and uh, the the junkions realize these people are friendly. Yes. And then they all do the horror to Weird Al. Literally. I'm not even kidding. It's hilarious. They're dancing in a circle and doing, cra- and like they're all they all everyone gets their solo dance moments. You know, like I'm surprised they didn't do the little Cossack hop thing. You know, with the feet. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a bad taste to say Cossack hop, considering how anti-Semitic the Cossacks were. Did you actually do the horror at your brother's wedding? No. Oh, it didn't happen. No, no. I think he, I think he thought better of it. Um, um, 
because I would have been the closest thing to a Jew they had there, and I'm not Jewish. I'm just married into Jew a Jewish family. Um, All right, so then we get to go back to Unicron. Yeah, and the answer is Unicron. I don't remember what the question was, but I remember that was in the end. But this is where um, this is where. Um, Basically, well, first of all, yeah, they the Junkions fly in their trash ship, and, and the rest of them get into their into the drill ship. Yes. And they fly off to defend Cybertron from Unicron. You know, um, I know it's nonsense words. Uh, I know it's like that that Thundercats outtake. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> you know, exactly what I mean. uh, yeah, but uh, I feel like we should put we should post that. Yeah, I don't know. what the fuck am I saying? Hey, so good. <laughs> but uh, so basically, Galvatron goes in, lands in Unicron, and he's like, basically says like, yeah, no, I am, I'm the boss here. Fuck you. I've got the thing you're scared of, yeah. and you probably should have play tested that before yeah, releasing it to market. Galvatron, because Galvatron can't get the, the the Matrix open any better than Ultra of Magnus. Oh, who was put together yeah. by the Junkions yeah, because the junkions they can apparently do they can apparently pull their repair trick on others. Yes. So Ultra Magnus is alive and fine, but he's not the leader. Well, he's failed. He's still technically their leader. But he doesn't have the Matrix. He doesn't have the Matrix, so they they can't have a real leader. You know, it's kind of like losing the crown jewels. You can't be coronated properly. You know. But Galvatron basically pisses Unicron off enough that he's like, fuck you. Yeah. And Unicron finally turns from a planet into an e a giant robot. So he kind of does this thing that happens in Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah, he kind of turns into Mega Maid. He does turn into Mega Maid, and he literally goes from suck to blow. Yeah, well, actually, he kind of, no. No, the movie goes from suck to blow, but, but he... But so does he. No, he's actually sucking still. Oh boy, is he sucking? No, uh, no, but but um, yeah, basically he 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 sucks Galvatron in. Yeah. And now the the Decepticons are now like defending Cybertron because they're the only ones left. You know, the Decepticons are now like fighting against Unicron, and that's whenever our heroes show up. And there's a big goofy space battle. There is a couple. Of, there's a great fuck yeah moment in it, which is when the the drill ship goes right, right into, into Unicron's eye, eye yeah. and they're so they're inside. Yeah. Hot Rod gets separated from the group, and he falls deep in, you know, and uh, the rest of them rescue Spike and Bumblebee and Cliffjumper and Jazz. As um, again, children's movie, you see the bodies of all these Autobots and other robots falling into a into a pit and being made into slurry and melting. It's pretty horrifying. Um, but and Danny saves them by Danny using saves his them by using the the guns on his exosuit. They all they all they all like. Uh, you know, are inside. They're battling all these like claws that are coming out of the walls, like and whatever. Hot Rod sees a glow, and he's like the Matrix, and it, and and then out from the you hear it won't do you any good, Autobot, and you know, and out of and Galvatron steps out of the shadows, you know, and says we need to join forces against Unicron, and like you know, and he's like, but you're gonna, you know, he's like, give like you know, like you know, like basically, Hot Rod's like, no, you know, you can't, like. And he's like, you know, it's like, and Galvatron basically fights him, you know, and Galvatron like brags about the fact that, you know, I've killed, you know, he was like, I first Optimus, now Ultra Magnus, now you, if you, you know, I, if you, you know, I'd almost enjoy this if it weren't so easy or something like that. And while they're fighting, the matrix around Galvatron's neck falls onto, and close enough that Hot Rod touches it. And then, you got the touch! <laughs> Yeah, you got the Stan Bush's "The Touch" starts playing the official theme song of Transformers the movie, which has been there have been bits and pieces of it being played. Like you got the touch played when Optimus attacked. Yes, you know it's it's the you know, but this is the basically Hot Rod grabs the Matrix and Galvatron is knocked back and he and like it cut like and he pulls it open 
And it, and then like the, a little bit, and he gets bigger, and like changes, and he changes into what is now known as Rodimus Prime, which even as a kid I thought was dumb as fuck, you know, because <laughs> Optimus Prime sounds like the Latin words for basically first best. Yes. You know, whereas Rodimus is not a word. No. It's just Imus added to to Hot Rod's name. Yeah. He's bigger now. He turns into something that looks kind of like a station wagon SUV, trucky sort of well, thing. Well, no, he's going to be more, you know. He's, well, he's, he's, he's a leader now. Leaders are trucks. Leaders are trucks. But he basically grabs Galvatron and chucks him, like, through the wall. Galvatron flies up into space, you know, never to be seen again in the movie, which he'll come back in the cartoon, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of sh- shitty, though, because unlike in the, you know, the cartoon, whenever Megatron would escape again after mm-hmm. failing, Galvatron has murdered a lot of people. Yeah. You know, like, it's kind of not, a, it's not a, f- a fitting in for, you know, for him, considering you see, like, the mangled corpse of Wheeljack. Yeah. Like, like at one point, offhand, who was a major character who doesn't even get lines in the movie, you know, like, right. that, that, that Galvatron gets to, like, fly off. Right. But, so now we get, and we get, like, the classic anime trick, you know, even though this isn't really an anime movie, but it's, it is animated by Japanese animators, you get... The, the full opening of the Matrix, like, th- from three different angles. And, you know, with the touch playing and, like, the light is going everywhere. The light pours out of Galvatron, of, of Unicron, to use a uh, magazine reference. Um, I'm sure all of you are huge uh, Howard DeVoto fans. But Unicron is, like, like going, ah! And, like, like he's in horrible agony as the, as the power of the, of the Transformers uh, leadership Matrix is blowing. I might have called it Creation Matrix at least once because that's what it was called in the comics. <laughs> but the leadership matrix is blowing like him apart, and he's like reaching into his own body trying to pull it out of himself. And he ends up tearing himself apart. His head pops off and goes into orbit around Cybertron. His body floats away and explodes. And basically, that's the end of the movie. It's yeah. pretty much it. Pretty uh, much they the like the, the war's over, which it isn't. Uh, you know, and it cuts to the credits, and we hear lions version of the uh the transformer the heavy metal transformers theme which is the high point of which it just has transformer noises going throughout that like might have been chugging guitar the way they're added like in the background but that is transformers the movie an incredibly long episode about a movie that's not that great because because daddy liked to talk about his childhood uh i don't even know if i want to ask this question because i think we know the answer you can just give a yes john was it worth revisiting only from an academic sense, actually. Okay. Like, it's not a good movie. It's really not. If you're not a Transformers fan, there's no reason to watch this movie. Like, it's, like it will not make sense to you at all, you know? And you're going to be like, who cares about a lot of the things that... Because the only reason I have a deep emotional connection to this is because these are the toys that, like, me and my friends were that playing with. Yeah, they were the toys that made us. Like, that... And honestly, weirdly, watching it this time, I'm bringing in stuff from the IDW comics that are really good that, like, yeah. that like aren't even in this movie. You're like, like layering it on. I'm layering shit that isn't there. Like Rodimus Prime in those in the in those comics is such a different character. He's great. Mm-hmm. He's fun. He's a he's the leader of this like this expedition. You know, it's different. Optimus isn't dead in this, but like he's the leader of this expedition who's tr- basically trying to get out of Optimus's shadow and try to prove that he's a good, responsible guy because he's a, been a fuck up forever, and he's still a fuck up. But he's trying so hard to not be. But he's also he's like he's a really he's really charismatic. He's also really irresponsible, really impulsive, and kind of makes a lot of dumb mistakes. And he's always like and he's always trying to connive his way into like looking good because he's really arrogant. You know it. it He's a great character. He's not that in this. That's not him. Yeah. 
you know, like in this movie. Um, Cyclonus has a personality. He's not just a guy that looks like a spaceship. Right. Galvatron is an ancient religious cultist, not just a dull copy of Megatron. Megatron, I can't even talk about how great Megatron is in in that. Megatron reforms in the in the comics and is try and basically tries to make up for the fact that he's basically a genocidal monster. Dogs, by the way, is not getting a kickback from the comics to talk about. No, I'm not. <laughs> These comics are about to end, by the way. Oh. James Roberts' entire arc is is about to reach an end that's been planned for a while. And it will actually, I'm sad about that, but it also means a giant self-contained arc where, like, I can sit and love my sad gay transforming robots, you know? Yeah. It is, it, it's, it's, it's actually kind of my platonic idea of, like, of comics because it's, like, crazy adventures mixed with, like, soap opera, you know? And it's great. I highly recommend it. I don't recommend this movie unless, unless you're already a fan. And if you're already a fan, you've already seen it. So, actually, weirdly enough, I don't think it was necessarily worth revisiting for anyone other than just as a, a curiosity of a, I remember this, you know? Because, yes, those moments have emotional resonance with me, but it, they have emotional resonance not because of how they're done in there. They have emotional resonance because they're taking something that meant something and smashing it. Mm. Um, so, Allie, was it worth watching? Um, you got all that time to plan your answer while I rambled on and you looked impatient. You could have couldn't have formulated this an answer. Is, this is what I will say about that. No... But it was worth watching with somebody who had such an emotional resonance to it and was willing to put up with my myriad of questions about it. If I were, if somebody said, like, <laughs> I think, I think back to my ex and when he made me sit down and watch um, um, what was uh, became famous from Mystery Science. Um, uh, 3000 um, Mr. Theater. Theater 3000 whatever you just say MST3K yeah MST3K uh, sorry I was like tripping over my words um, but then did not want to do it from there but actually wanted to show me the real movie of it and I sat Whoa. there being completely just horrified okay. by that, oh, the heck I'm watching I'm so annoyed I'm so annoyed. that is such a dumb move first of all if you don't want like the there's a huge difference. And some people can't even watch MST3K because the movies are so painful to watch, yeah. even with the jokes. But oh, there's a huge difference between watching a bad movie that professional comedians are yes. making jokes over yes. and watching just a bad movie that you're joking over. Yeah. And that's literally what it was. Like, unless you like trash, and I like some trash, don't get me wrong, I would never do that So it was oh pretty awful. And, and it kind of ruined me for, you know, a lot It actually of... ruined you for MST3K because yeah. I hardly ever watch it now. I used to watch it all the time. I but you, I can't watch it when you're in the room because you don't want to see it. You're right. So I only watch it when I'm by myself. Yeah, he did kind of ruin it. Anyway, so my point is that, that you know, it's a good thing that you allowed me to, like, pause and ask questions and talk and do things like oh, that. Yeah. Otherwise... Otherwise, it would have been interminable. I just to sit in, and watch this movie with somebody who was like, "Shh, shh, this is um, this is my favorite movie." Like, I came I would into have this. Kicked I, some ass. I came into this movie knowing you probably wouldn't like it. Yeah, and I even was kind of apologetic. I'm like, "We have to do this because it's important." And it wasn't even as, more than Cobra, which I knew yeah, you hate. But it wasn't even. How about this? I, I need to tell you something now. I appreciated this more than I appreciated Cobra. Go ahead, what? I need to tell you something right now. Go ahead. Now. Go ahead. Tell me. Because I forgot to say it, and I, that was the thing I gasped at yeah, when I was like yeah. doing research. Remember, yeah. I gasped and yes. said, "I got to tell you this." Tell me. The song The Touch yeah. was originally written for the movie Cobra. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? And I want if 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 that's not already on YouTube. Oh, somebody's got to make that. If someone will please edit together 
the touch have to with scenes up. from Cobra. And if it Don't is, make me have to do it. I'll do it if I have to, but it's going to take me forever, and I'm not that good at at, at editing video. Oh my God. Can someone please take highlights from the movie Cobra and put it to You Got the Touch? I want to hear, like, and You Got the Touch. That. And when the guitar goes, wow, wow, I want to see him cutting a pizza with some scissors. Yes, because that's the time. I want to see him hanging, hanging a dude on a meat hook instead of opening the Matrix, yeah. you know? Yeah, we got. I, I'm. I'm, in, I'm actually going to agree. If I were to watch Cobra again, that's the way I'd like to watch Cobra. Just on that music video God, alone. I'm not even kidding. Wouldn't I know that be you're great not. If like, be, like would, if took the perfect. touch and put like a highlight reel of all the I'm crazy shit from not Cobra. Joking. Oh I my think God! That's like like brilliant. like Captain San. Like I'm sorry, Tollbooth Santa and the Pepsi Free getting shot and stealing a beer. Here's a nice segue to crazy be like, knife. if you haven't seen our Cobra episode, go back and listen to that. That's one of our. I, I think that's one of our first really like. Like firing so I think episode number seven, episodes. yeah. Um, plus you, agree. plus you got miserable in it, which was good. I sure did. Um, <laughs> that was actually, I think that was the very first cold open we ever. Yeah, did. because you were. It, that was the one. That was. We don't normally do this. Normally we wait a day or two, or sometimes way longer before recording. But we had enough time that we recorded right after. So your hate on that was. Oh my still god, it was so, so visceral. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, like I, I don't like. I, I, I hate to be that guy because a lot most people don't want to like ever hear their voice again. But I will go back and listen to our episodes, usually to kind of like decide where I'm screwing up and everything. Yeah. But that one, like, it's actually enjoyable for me to hear because you really hated that movie. I, really, I did. really loved how much you hated that movie. This one was more like I actually felt a little bad that you had to watch a confusing mess that you were never, you were doomed to never understand. But I have to say, I didn't hate it as much. I think because it, it, it lent itself to being. I know it's a kids movie. I know it's animated. I I already get that it's you know it's bleaker than a kids movie should. But be, it but. also doesn't it, it if this were like we're doing a live action version i would I, oh my god i think i would have fallen uh, over but it it no i know a live action version of the transformers i'll see i'll believe that when i see it <laughs> actually i'm gonna say something right now the live action transformers movies i've never seen a single one but i kind of want to see bumblebee because it's the first one that i've ever seen a trailer for that felt a little bit like real transformers mm. like he turns into the volkswagen beetle he looks right. like he can turn into the beetle like he look like it like I'm actually curious. And Bumblebee was actually never one of my favorite characters. I always thought he was kind of like the training wheels character. Yeah. Like, pff, Bumblebee, that little nerd. You know, I I, I was like, oh, I love Ironhide and Brawl and Brawn and you know, like yeah. the Dinobots and the Insecticons. Like you know, like I, Soundwave. Like those are my boys and Megatron and Optimus, of course. You know, but like pff, Bumblebee, that dork, he turns into a Volkswagen. Pff, you know, but like, but it looks like an actual like fun movie that maybe have a feel, might have a feel of the Iron Giant to it. To an extent, right you know, without like the sadness of the Iron Giant. Yeah, you've never seen the Iron no. Giant. It's the ending's very sad. Okay, I don't want to know. It's very sad. All right. Um, I.e., no spoilers. Go ahead. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're finally wrapping up this probably our longest the episode. Longest episode. Ever. Um, if you want to contact us, we of course have a website, matchmadeinspace.com. We have a Facebook page that uh, yes, should yes, be launched. Yes, should be launched. Yes. Match made in space. A, a match made in space. I think it's match made in space. Match- well, if you, I don't think there's a lot of things called match made in space. There's if probably you search not. For it. And, uh, uh, and we're, it, we're going to put links to all the. Allie's in the process of putting the links to all the episodes. This is going to be mainly an Allie thing. I'm looking at you seriously. Mm-hmm. I don't do Facebook like you do. I, yeah. I check Facebook barely ever, and I'm not as good. At the interface but um, uh, all the all the episodes will but, be up there so all the episodes will be up there we also have a twitter feed mm, at mmis podcast uh and of course we each have individual twitters I've, i haven't been on twitter as much lately because it's been kind of crappy but um I, you know i'm still i'm still there a lot uh at hitler puncher uh-huh. and i'm and, uh, at and, Al- and my god if someone will at me with a like that that they've made a damn a damn video of uh, you know of of Cobra being set to the touch, please do so. You don't even have and to at him. You can just at. Oh, we can add him on my ass. But me, me in particular, I really want to see it. Also, um, if you want to find me on Twitter, 
because yeah. he was about to jump oh, yeah. over me. It was at, at Ali underscore Goodman. Also, um, I just want to we point have a we- Oh, by the way, we also have an email. We yeah. didn't say that. Matchmadeinspace at gmail.com. Right. Or maybe I said it. I don't know. I don't think you did. I'm going to also point this out. Um, I have a, another uh, Facebook page that if you are a Facebook person, I don't think we have a lot of Facebook people on here, but if you are a Facebook person, you can find me on Facebook, but you might actually easier find my Facebook page. I have, I have my own page. It's Allie colon real to real and real is r-e-a-l to r-e-e-l so um if you in a delicious pun this seemed to be very popular amongst late eight, late 70s post yeah, band i didn't realize that yeah there's a there's a there's a simple minds album called real to real cacophony and there's an xtc song called real to real yeah so that, that both use that same uh that same format which she had no idea about and when she told me like she'd already created the page and when she told me about it i'm like oh yeah like the like the xtc song or the uh simple minds album yeah for <laughs> yeah. sure but oh uh, also we missed one thing about the movie that yeah. i just wanted to say really quickly there is a terrible joke where grimlock talks about about kicking some but before immediately slamming feet first into Unicron's yes, ass. Yes, this is true. This does happen. <laughs> the Dinobots basically are attacking his butt. <laughs> um, and you see him reaching around for his butt to get rid of them. It's great. Um, okay, so I'm going to try to readjust But I, I just had here. to throw that in. Yeah, I'm okay, going to readjust so, anyway, so that but, I can uh, actually... Before, so you can say goodbye? Say goodbye. Because... Oh, because we have point, a baby that's about to cry. We have a cry. baby that's about to cry, so... And so this has been A Match Made in Space, signing off. Till all are born. And our time. Or The Touch by Stan. It's called The Touch? The Touch by Stan Bush. You got the touch. (laughs) You got the power. (laughs) Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think think we might have to just use the one take. We've got nothing, do we? No foothold. This is going to be a good episode. Oh, God, I'm scared.